Hello, everybody. Once again, this is Chris Barrett with Hungarian Football Podcast. Uh, I am back with our special guests who are no longer guests. These two guys have become permanent placements during the pandemic. Tom Mortimer and Gabby Kovac. Hey, guys. How are you this week? Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Tom. Welcome back. Um, We put out another Twitter poll. And I'm sad to say, in some respects, that I know that Gabby really wanted the Vidi Honved match from a few years back to decide the NB1 champions. Um, but man, oh, so close. Oh, so close. Even so, uh, we had about 100 votes or so, and uh, we have a classic for you today. This is the Group F opener in Euro 2016 on 14 June. Uh, and boy, was this a classic match that we're about to jump into. Uh, once again, just like the match that uh, we followed last week, something happens very early. Um, so you don't want to miss any of this. In fact, uh, the thing that happens early could have actually changed the entire match. But um, before we get there, just trying to give you guys. So don't miss anything is all I'm saying. Be ready. We'll have the link posted up. Make sure you get to the start and start right with us because you don't want to miss a second of this one. This is a really good one. So uh, so we have an Austrian side coming in with a, a fairly strong lineup. I don't know how you guys felt they should have done, but I do believe that they were the favorites here. We'll start in goal. Robert Alma for Austria Vienna. Um, and uh, he had a back line in front of him starting left to right. Christian Fuchs, uh, Leicester City. Martin Hinteregger, who was, I think, with uh, Red Bull Salzburg back then. Alexander Dragovic, who is now plays, I think, for Leicester, right? Isn't he on, was he on loan before this whole thing went down? Yeah, he's, um, he's at Leicester now, yeah. Yeah, it's, I think, I'm not sure who he played with before, but he uh, plays a vital role in this one. And then Florian Klein, who I think was with Stuttgart, uh, played uh, right back. Um, in the midfield... Left to right. Oh, Marco Arnatovic, who uh, back then it was with Stoke, I think, right? And then uh, Martin Harnick. Yeah, Harnick, and, yeah. Yeah, uh, who's also, I think, with Stuttgart. And then Julian Baumgartlinger with uh, with Mainz and... Uh, David Alaba. Oh, yeah, how can you forget David Alaba? <laughs> um, and then, uh, let's see, up top, Vlatko Junozovic for Werder Bremen. And then Mark Janko. Um, was with FC Basel back then. So um, not a bad lineup to start, guys. What do you all think? Yeah, they were they were almost tipped as the outsiders for, for like, yeah, you kind of have people predict uh, the underdog who like who's away from the favourites who might be able to cause a shock or two and maybe, um, maybe go and win it like a Greece or something. And, and Austria were kind of that team that people were, were tipping as outsiders. Um, obviously didn't end very well for him, but their team was pretty good on paper. Like you say, uh, David Alaba, a class act, especially back then, he was he was really, really, really good. Um, then you've got like Christian Fuchs, who I think won the league, I'm pretty sure he won the league that season with um, uh, with Leicester. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dragovic was always really highly rated. Arnautovic is one of them players, which is, he kind of just can turn it on at any time and in, in a big games usually. And obviously... Um, kind of hungry didn't really have a player like an on out of it and yeah on paper their team looks uh, um, a lot stronger than ours yeah they also had um marcel sabitzer on the bench 
who back then, what was he, like early 20s as well? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. But like, you can, well, he's, he's, he was pretty good back then. And then like, mm-hmm. he's kind of a, the archety- uh, archetype for a lot of what RB Leipzig do these days. So a class act. And that, yeah, for him just to be on the bench, it shows how good their team was. Yeah. Any thoughts on the on the Austria team, Gabby? Yeah, like Tom said, I, I was really worried when the you know when the group was originally drawn because um, yeah they they were they were a, a team that were really flying under the radar, but a lot of big names in there, and you know if they all clicked and, and played at the peak of what they could do, then we were obviously going to be in serious trouble. But they would have given a, a lot of other teams a a good going as well. Well, they met, Emily went on to draw against Portugal in the group. So, like, like, they ended up coming bottom of the group with one point, obviously losing to us and then losing to Iceland. But it shows how good they were when they could turn it on and got a draw against Portugal. So then let's move on to um, the Hungarian side. Um, again, this is a team that uh, really did well to qualify for um this this was the first expanded euro too right yes yes i think this is the expanded field so they they did well to qualify they got in um in fact that was one of the other games that we had up on the the poll was the uh was it the game against norway yeah second leg yeah we qualified yeah so there, so so you have a team here that uh, really interesting that has uh, I think I think the oldest player in uh, goalkeeper um, Kirai right I think he was the oldest player in o- the oldest tournament. oldest ever in the tournament yeah I think he's the only forty year old to ever play um, or yeah. I think yeah, yeah I think he beat Lothar Mateus's record that day so yeah so I mean and 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 obviously. Um, those of us who watched the entire tournament realized just what a special tournament it was for him, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you ha- also have uh, Zoltan Gera, who was late 30s as well. So you, you've got uh, <laughs> uh, two very old horses in this, both uh, class acts, however, though. We know that. Um, but uh, left to right in the back, you had uh, Thomas Kadar, uh, Adam Lang, Richard Guzmich, and Attila Fiola, who um, were... Uh, really, really good. I mean, they had, they had a shaky start, but really, really good in this one. And then also, uh, obviously, Guerra there in the defensive midfield position. Uh, Christian Nemet uh, on the right, on the left, uh, Jujak. And then in the middle, Adam Nudge and Laszlo Klein-Heisler. And then uh, Salai up top with uh, Krishkin, Stever, and Adam Pinter coming in later. Uh, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on this lineup being the first look at them and and how they how they were expected maybe to do before this game started we'll do well to keep the score under under three nil to austria (laughs) it's crazy looking back at that team now and like we had like no expectation whatsoever absolutely none um all our predictions before were all the way um (laughs) we were just going to get hammered and come bottom of the group. And when you look at that team now, it's like, wow, how, how on earth have we managed to do anything? But um, obviously, the you know, Jujak and Gera in there are a, a standout. But yeah, they're a real sort of, well, we were the underdogs and, and proved to take that, that spot that Austria 
should have had him being, um, you know, one of the dark horses of the team. But yeah, what a, <laughs> what a squad. Yeah, I remember, I remember being on a podcast before the tournament and saying, um, I think someone was just asking like, um, what what are Hungary like? And I said, well, they're the worst team in the tournament, really. Um, and I think <laughs> when when all the predictions were done, um, kind of especially like uh, international press and stuff, I remember Jonathan Wilson, who's coming up as a, uh, being mentioned again on the pod, but he did a, a 24 team prediction for the Guardian before the tournament, and Hungary were the 24th team in that. Uh, like we were the like Gabby said, we were the the outright underdogs in this tournament and going into play a team like Austria who were tipped as yeah outsiders um with the back four of Attila Fiola, Richard Guzmich, Adam Long and Tomas Kodar, <laughs> Jesus Christ with a forty year old in goal. <laughs> you uh you fear and I think I'd have taken a nil nil at this game. Um really would. Uh, it was one of them the, the, the only thing I will say is that we kind of had developed under Dardai like a, a different mentality, like a, a, a like a very um, combative team, um, very disciplined, um, like workmanlike essentially, which it isn't harsh to say. It just is true. Like and and I guess you'll see that in this game, like we weren't a great side at all and but yeah it just i don't know we'll see <laughs> i'm looking at uh, the teams that the uh, the back four played for obviously uh fiola was playing playing for pushka um guzmich was in china um uh, <laughs> adam long had been playing for vidi and and kadar was uh in poland with like poshman so um uh, I think only I think there were six players, six or seven players that were playing in either China or in NB1 too. So it's not like it was a team that was um, coming from all over the all over Europe's top leagues, right? No, like well, look at the midfield three as well. You got Adam Nodge, who that was his first season as a senior footballer. Uh, he was at Frodi. You got Gira, who was at Frodi back then. Klein Heisler, who I think actually. Did he get a move in that January and then went to Werder Bremen? Um, I think he was still on Pushkas on loan, I think, right? Back then? Maybe? Uh, I, think he, I think he might have just moved to, to uh, Werder Bremen. I think he moved in the January um, after he scored his goal. But like he wasn't really playing. He, scored, he played like five games or something. <laughs> so like, you got like your midfield three or basically all really um, Hungarian uh, league players like Kleinheiser was barely playing for Vidi and Pushkash when he was in MB1. He just he just lit up the international stage and got a move. So like you got Christian Nemet who I went on about last week who um, always underperformed for Hungary. Jujak who you don't really know what you're going to get, and then Zolai the man up top. Like Zolai was the only kind of consistent player in a. Um, in a top league, and and I think everyone knows what uh, people think of Adam Zola, don't they? They're, they're very mixed opinion. No one's really uh, thinks he's well. There's kind of no conclusive uh, collective opinion on him. So um, yeah, that was the team. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> or something like 
40 games or something like that. I can't think there was... He was on an awful run, yeah. It was something ridiculous back then, wasn't it? 18 months. 18 months, I think. Yeah. (laughs) 18 months without a goal and he leads us out at the European Championship. Wow. Uh, And he comes up trumps in that game as well, doesn't he? Absolutely. Spoilers, sorry. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Good job, guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Everyone would have known Kirai purely from the tracksuit bottoms. <laughs> yeah. Kira, people would have known. Jujab. They'd be like, Gear is still playing. Yeah, exactly. But, um, and Kalai, people would have known if they watched, um, obviously, the Bundesliga. But other than that, yeah, people must have been scratching their heads going like, who's this? Well, Who especially the commentators like to call it. Who's Adam Nagy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So yeah, all the Americans um, were calling him that for sure. So I just looked it up since because Nikolic was in the squad back then and like he was scoring a lot of goals back then. Since Adam Zolai scored before this Austria game, Nemanja Nikolic had scored forty-seven. <laughs> and obviously Nikolic was on the bench and Zolai was starting. Mm. Crazy. That's why we're not football managers. Exactly, yeah. Burnt Stork, everything he was doing back then was turning to gold. Like, in the playoff, he plays Kleinheiser from nowhere. Kleinheiser was in the squad and people were like, why is Kleinheiser in the squad? He's not playing at club level. Kleinheiser scores within 15 minutes and everyone was like, what is going on? Burnt Stork. Priskin plays in the return leg. Everyone's like, what is Priskin doing? He's crap. He's, why is he playing? Priskin scores within 10 minutes. Burns thought everything he was touching back then was turning to gold. This this random German who last <laughs> managed Kazakhstan was just uh, a miracle worker back then. Mm. And he ended up being so in this in this game as well. And Kleinheisler actually had probably his best game of the tournament in this game, didn't he? Yeah. He he, he he's a, such a weird player because when he's on form, he's he's class, but you barely ever see it. So weird. Well, you remember when he joined Friday, um, and uh, I guess we all had high hopes for him because we were hoping that he would get in and just really kind of flopped, didn't he? And he kind of really has ever since since then. Yeah, look at the teams he's played for. Like, so, so he was at Vidi in 2016, then went on there to push cash in 2015. Werder Bremen 2016 to 2018, went on loan to Darmstadt, went on loan to Frodi, went on loan to Astana, then signed for Astana in 2018. Now he's at Oziak in Croatia. <laughs> Croatia, yeah. <laughs> and Oziak are owned by Hungarian owners, so that's the reason why he's probably in, playing in Croatia. Like, it's, so, it's such a random career. Lovely. Well, both, both of you, are, I'm sorry, go ahead, Gavin. Sorry, I was just saying a typically Hungarian career. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. You could have, I mean, as as daft as it sounds, you probably could have mapped that um, yeah, career after he scored his first goal. I think I think at the Hungarian FA headquarters, these players have to go before they sign and and pull a, a name out of a, a Tom <laughs> from some ridiculous league in the middle of nowhere, and that's where they end up going. <laughs> <laughs> so this was a match that both of you attended, um, correct? Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. So um, I'll, we'll start with uh, I'd, I'd love for you guys just to share a little bit about the day uh, ahead of the match uh, at the Nouveau Stade de Bordeaux in Bordeaux, France. Um, and uh, I'll set it up for you. It was a hot day in Bordeaux. <laughs> Go. <laughs> it, it, honestly, this this was just crazy. It we knew that the, the demand for tickets was huge, and like I, we were desperate to to be in with the Hungarian fans for this, and not not be sitting in the press box, like you know, looking at it all. And but we kind of kept that as a backup, didn't we, Tom? In our in our back pocket, for at the very worst scenario, we'll end up in the press box. But we 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 managed to get tickets in the in the um, in the draw for it, and um, uh, Peter Murphy ended up having to FedEx me tickets over from from Hungary and it was just incredible that when we was in the sort of main square and that during the day and the amount of Hungarians everywhere was just it's just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal and we just far outweighed the amount of Austrian supporters there like ridiculous amounts to one um and yeah I it's kind of strange because I Magda Steve, who's like one of the one of our, our guys on Twitter, he he um, was there with his son and we sort of planned to meet up with him and, and I walked out of Bordeaux train station and literally bumped into him as he was wandering into McDonald's and I thought bizarre. And then um Claudia, uh, another another girl on, on, on Twitter, she had came on coach, it's like like took a coach early that morning from hungry um and, and drove to Bordeaux and we met up with her um another friend bizarrely from Luton who ended up being on holiday in Bordeaux <laughs> like met up with her in the fan zone um so I'd already had a ticket for Claudia had a spare ticket for um Lauren uh, and my best friend Neil was with us as well so it was like this mishmash of people that were just like what is going on here what's, what's all this about because it was just madness and then Tom, I was like hoping, where am I going to meet Tom? And, you know, I must message him. And we're literally walking up to the stadium and, and at the turnstile, there's this girl getting her bag searched and, and the guy with her was, was Tom. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and we just had a great big hug and just couldn't believe that, like, in all the chaos that was going on, that, that there he was. It's like, wow, this, it's just madness. And... When, when we first arrived, I remember first getting the tram to the stadium and when we got off, like, um, you could just smell CS gas everywhere. And um, the, the, a load of Hungarian ultras had had a bit of a kickoff with the police beforehand and everything like that. And uh, it just, just the memories of that day, it's almost like the game was insignificant at that point because there was absolutely no expectation we were watching Hungary in a major tournament in our lifetime, and, and that's all that mattered. If we lost this game 5-0, it, it wouldn't have mattered in the slide. We were there to enjoy every last minute of it, and, oh, boy, did we. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like like Gabby says, we went into the game expecting nothing. Um, just, just wanting to be there, to be honest. Like, first... Uh, made a tournament game for Hungary in 30 years. Um, yeah, we just wanted to be there um, and and live it up with the fans and stuff, which was which was just class. Um, I just I, 
it feels like a bit of a blur to me that day like there's certain moments that stand out in it but like the whole day just seems like just such a blur like a lot of walking a lot of like trying to just take it all in really like it was it was just it was just really special um yeah it, it was just I can't remember. yeah i can't really explain it to be fair it was just one of those just one of those special days um I want to say one of the, it's one of the highlights of since I, you know I went to my first football match in 1984 and I've seen so much since then. But one of the highlights was just singing the Hungarian national anthem at Euro 2016, knowing that that the world's watching Hungary and they're singing our hearts out, and it it was just the most beautiful, beautiful sound to have loads of ultras wearing black t-shirts no t-shirts with bald heads really piss poorly butchering the national anthem <laughs> it, was just, it was just absolutely beautiful i've never do you know what as well i've never been in a stadium you know when people say the stadium's rocking the platform the, the level that we were on we were like behind the goal middle level couldn't have asked for better seats and when we were all sort of doing the jumping up and down thing the whole stadium was was like Boeing. Honest, I'd never had nothing like it. It was literally <laughs> the stadium moving up and down to the point where you think, "Wow, is this going to collapse?" <laughs> but yeah, uh, I just like Tom says, this the, the game we were saying earlier. I can, I can remember a few key incidents. I can remember obviously what I don't want to give any spoilers. A few key incidents, everything around that, I can't. It's just taking it, like I say, taking it all in, getting involved. It was like, remember the that Icelandic clap was like a, a huge, yeah. and then you just you just found yourself like watching the capo at the at the front of the ultras leading it all and just joining in, taking it in. It, yeah, wow. I feel like I was pretty pissed that day as well, and I can remember, I can remember because I had to do these match ratings for, I think it was ESPN. Um, and after yeah. the game, and and someone said to me like I'd done my match ratings, and and someone was like, um, "Gear a seven. I was like, "Mate, I was so pissed. I can't remember the game." <laughs> <laughs> I remember just like certain incidents, like like especially in the second half, which were just unbelievable. But the rest of it, I'm just I was just like there, like almost in awe of what was going on. It was, just, and I was so nervous as well. I. I and I know I kind of went with no expectations, but I was so nervous. Just I just wanted wanted us to get the first goal because I was I was a bit fearful that they would they would trounce us like Gabby said, and and if Alaba's shot early on went in, then it, they may have done done that. But like, yeah, it was oh, it was just a day like f- f- not for the head, just for the heart. It was just like a fully emotional day. And it was hard for you, it was hard for my brain to take it in. It really was. Uh, beer would have helped with that, but like, but like genuinely, just just it was just an amazing day. I will say that this was the first first game that I think I ever sat down and watched fully of the uh, Hungarian national football team. I was um, watching the tournament. I, Hungary was going to be my adopted team at this point. This is before I met either of you two online. Um, and, uh, I'd already 
I mean, I had told you before, Tom, and maybe you too, Gabby, that I, I was just enthralled with the the team, the Hungarian team from the 50s and 60s and all that and would have loved to have seen them. And when I heard that they had gotten in, I was like, OK, I'm I'm watching and I'm going to be rooting for for Hungary. And uh, and I sat down and watched it. And, and the first couple of minutes, I was like, oh, oh geez, it's going to be a long tournament. And then what happened during this day, I mean, of course, I was glued and all over it. I was finding, you know, green and red shirts in my closet just to wear during the games and my wife thought I was nuts um it, it was just it was just so much it was it was so much fun like you mentioned it was just kind of a magical thing a team that shouldn't have gone anywhere doing what they did and this was the start of it it was just really 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 exciting so um yeah for, and, and like you say like a team that really shouldn't have done anything like um for a bit of a bit more context obviously we, we spoke briefly about the Norway playoff but in the um in the group as well, like Hungary had, the, the, their qualifying group was shocking. Like in terms of getting an easy ride, um, it was, I think, Fair Islands were in there. Um, someone else, crap. Greece, uh, Northern Ireland, and Romania. And Northern Ireland and Romania finished top two, and Hungary finished third. Like that's how. That's how lucky we were to qualify for this tournament. We were like, like everyone was predicting before the tournament, we were rank outsiders, and for good reason. We played Norway in the qualify in the in the um, yeah in the playoff when like Croatia were in there and like big big teams were in that um, in that last day. And somehow we and I remember the Norway players before the playoff were like. We're going to roll these guys out. They were almost saying that. They were like, we are delighted that we've got Hungary in this draw. They said that out, like, outright. Mm. And, you know, I, I, I still, I will always, always thank Northern Ireland for the fact I was watching Hungary at the European Championships because them beating us in, in Budapest meant that Pinter got the sack. Yes. Honestly, and the rest is history. Uh, if, if we would have won that game, it would have been a completely different story. So the fact we lost and, and yeah, here we are now is, yeah, thank you, Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah, that, that whole qualification period was mad. Like, why Pinter got the job in the first place and then he, he gets sacked up to his first competitive game <laughs> and then we get Dardai and Dardai does an amazing job. But, like, looks like we're going to qualify for the tournament. Dardai takes the Hertha Berlin job, but they were like, no, what is going to happen? And we get this random guy who used to manage Kazakhstan called Bern Stork. What? Like, <laughs> Hungarian football back then was mad. You couldn't make it up, could you? It's just no. that, you know, if there, if there was a film that that, that would um, look, look amazing, that, that would be it. Hungary's Road to 2016. Wow. Well, well, this is definitely a classic, and uh, we're all about to, to hit play on here. So if you uh, are going to try to try to follow along with us, um, go ahead and get your um, mouse click ready here, because we're going to start it um, in just a second. Um, you should be seeing a top-down view of the center circle. If you're not, you have the wrong, wrong. You probably have a pirated video of another game that's not even Hungary versus Austria. So. Um, <laughs> So here we go in three, two, one, kickoff. Here we go. Wow, look at that. It's just... 
Sorry, guys, I have it in French. How about you? Yeah, it's uh, in French, yeah, but... Uh, yeah, we're well, winning France and all that. Could start from Guzmich there, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> keep it keep it tight for five minutes. <laughs> um, looking for myself behind the goal now. Keep it first. Oh, Jesus. That could, yeah. like, like you say in the intro, it could have been a different game. Could have been a different tournament. We could have, like, that goes in, like, we, we end up losing this game 4-0, maybe. Go oh. into the next game against Iceland, lose it 2-0, we're out of the tournament by game two. Get battered by Portugal 6-0 in the last game. <laughs> I, look, at the, look at the strike, though. It's a beautiful strike. It is a beautiful strike. And look how beat. close it is. How, but, close, but, how fast point. is that? 30 seconds into the game? Yeah. 28 seconds. I thought it was that fast. He's I really already... Did. He's already wheeling away like he thought he had scored that too. If you saw, you know, the bloody, the bloody um, thing in the top left didn't even come up, and it's in the wrong one. <laughs> <for some reason. laughs> but these guys must have thought straight away. They must have thought, yeah, that it, this is exactly what we thought was going to happen. And look, <laughs> yeah, how boy they must have been from that. Because I remember yeah. just like thinking, oh, shit, <laughs> 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 thinking, this is it. Everyone who was tipping Hungary to do badly was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah these guys that... are going to do badly. Yeah. Yeah. I d- don't know what, though. There was, those Austrian fans were quite rubbish as well, I think. No offence yeah. to anyone that's Austrian, but they had that little like section behind that goal to the left, and they were poor. We hardly heard them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But I said, no, so many people have said to me that like the fans of the tournament for this were were like it was it was a close one between us and Wales. Yeah, I can remember Iceland fans being good because obviously, like you say, that Iceland clap thing. But yeah. I think that might just be an English kind of thing because they beat England, didn't they? I mean, look at look at us win win lose or draw at the end of the game. How many national teams like stand and listen to the fans singing the the national anthem to them? Yeah, it's class. That's just that's unbelievable, isn't it? But, yeah. Yeah, what what a start, Jesus! I, I honestly I didn't know it was that that close that uh, quick into the game. I thought it was about five minutes. I didn't realise yeah. it was like twenty seconds. <laughs> After Guzmich had just given the ball away so stupidly. Look at that move! Oh. Um, I yeah, I really I really rated Guzmich back then. I mean, he used to play for Holly, so that might be my um bias kind of clouding my judgment a little bit but he he was really good and obviously playing in Poland and stuff and got got some decent reviews from him out there and then he was he went to China when kind of everyone was going to China but he was kind of like a a different wave he went to the book I think he finished bottom and he was playing second division for a bit that was a good ball from gear that mm-hmm. was your first shot on goal there yeah, Klein Heisler. Of course. But really, they're not looking very good to start. I mean, they're everything that you thought. They're a little shaky in the back. Um, not real incisive going forward. At this point, you're still thinking Austria's got this game under control, don't you? Yeah, you just want to see them calm down a bit, get on the ball, just just pass it around, like a bit like Austria are doing now, like just looking mm-hmm. a bit calm, nice and... I see passing it around the back for a little bit just to settle some nerves. But I mean, like compared to the teams that those guys would have been playing for, our boys would have been wouldn't, wouldn't have been ever experienced anything like this. 
Kai Kira would have done, Zolai would have done, but Kleinheiser, Nodge, uh, Adam Long, Jesus, um, <laughs> Thomas Kodar, like uh, Kodar was playing in Poland and some stuff, and he maybe played a few championship games for Newcastle, but like it's, it's nothing like this. Um, yeah, and whereas those guys have got yeah, like players like Alaba, Dragovic, Arnautovic, like big characters and stuff. I wonder what their why their failings were so bad because so there's there's a lot of individual talent there, isn't there? But just they yeah. just didn't end at all. And like you say with Arnautovic, you never know what you're going to get. I, I I don't get why. Obviously, he's got something to him, but the fastest made over him is is incredible, really, in, in world football. I don't yeah. think that good. So he was, you know, he was linked to United at one point, not that long ago, about a year ago. It's sort of everyone, and you know, it ends up sort of they think he's going to go for the money or whatever. But yeah, you know, certain players just fit at certain teams, don't they? And like you know, he, he, him at Stoke was was different gravy. He just kind of you know that's where he fitted. But yeah, yeah, this... yeah. He's in China now, I think, isn't he? Yeah, I just that's China. Wrong. Guys, I'm trying. I'm trying not to overstate the obvious here, but I mean, considering the game that we watched last week, uh, in contrast with this one, it really is um, really like night and day, isn't it? I mean, a team that was top of the world to where they've come at this point, you know, what 60 years later, um, really, really two different expectations, two different teams. Yeah, um, I was thinking that when when we're just watching the early start of this, like. Even though that game was like 70 years ago, the the one we watched the other day, um, like it doesn't feel like the the quality is any better now. Like in terms of like players, how calm they are. Obviously, it's played at a different speed, and we know that. But like how calm the players are on the ball and stuff, like and their first touches and stuff. I, I wouldn't say it's much better. It's, um, you know, the tactics, obviously, we, we talked tactics last week watching that game and, and looking at the sort of tactics here. Salah gets a lot of stick and a lot of it is rightly so. But it, this kind of, this tournament was so good for him in terms, his hold-up play was like really, really special this tournament, wasn't it? It was, that was obviously his, his, um, his key playing in that position that he done. And I just wonder with him, you know, like if he had, if we played a little bit differently behind him and just had a little bit of class extra behind him, we'd look a so much different team, wouldn't we? Yeah, I agree. I, um, I think, I think he get, yeah, like you say, he gets a lot of stick and he, and he, especially during this period where he wasn't scoring many goals and stuff, but he gives you so much more than Nikolic. Like I, I know I made that, comment where he's like Nikolic has scored 47 goals but like Nikolic does nothing really apart from score which obviously is, is great um that's what strikers are for but like as a Hungary team we we need more than a guy who just stands up top and and Zolai like you say holds the ball up amazingly wins loads in the air he's just he's just a he's just a hassle for defenders isn't he like he's he's always like elbows everywhere just getting in the way Annoying bastard. <laughs> Here we're seeing uh, after about eight minutes or so, them just begin to settle down a little bit, don't you? Yeah, think? this is nice as well. Knocking it around quite well until that commentator's yeah. <laughs> But Zolai chasing it down and 
rushing well, the clearance. It's forced the defender to make that that clearance that's ended up giving possession back to us. Yeah, but exactly. That, yeah, that was like they were so, they they didn't use their position well, did they, Austria? No, no. I I reckon. I wonder whether that early chance that hit the post maybe maybe made them a little bit complacent. To be honest, maybe they realised like, oh yeah, this is this is going to be easy. Yeah, exactly that, exactly. And it, it, you know, and in them early stages, it, it made us look definitely panicked as well, thinking, yeah, you know what, the, the hype was right. We are, we are terrible. Yeah, but yeah. Then we just start in. Let's just stick nice. to doing. Let's stick I'm watching. To I'm watching Gera here, and um, he's uh, he just looks so calm in the middle, and and uh, Christian Nemeth also just looking like they're. There's a trip right there. You see him go down, but I mean, just he had a nice little cushion header. Um, definitely, a, definitely a different last four minutes or so than the opening five. So yeah, I agree with you guys. Yeah, the um, and that's what gear is going to bring you in this kind of game. Like we talked about it last week, his mentality is different. Um, played for big clubs and stuff. Played in Europa League final by this point. Like it, he he was vital to this team. It, throughout the tournament, throughout qualification, um, yeah, I don't think his his influence can be overestimated. To be honest, like, and he he's completely transformed himself by this point. Like, because in the early oof, in the early days, like he was playing behind the striker on the wing, and here he's kind of playing in front of the back four. Like, it just shows shows his football IQ essentially, just how he can transform from being so that good. kind of attacking player to, to, to great little run by Holba there. Nice ball as well. To get him to get him behind, yeah. In case you're watching along. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Gavin, where Because Jujak started on the right, and he, I think they yeah. with Nemeth on the left, which I mm-hmm. guess would have made sense because you don't really want Nemeth playing on the on the right wing. He isn't really going to bring you anything. Nice turn. Klein <laughs> hides a shot happy. But you know, like we're talking about Guerra, he ended up being eighth, the eighth best overall player in the European Championship, according There's to his... Gabby. Wow. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The guy, the guy in the hat, wasn't that you? Me <laughs> <We> in goal. <laughs> no. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, you were starting, weren't you? <laughs> Yeah, Gerald. Gerald was um, he was ahead of Iniesta. Oh wow, that is class. He was quality. He scored an amazing goal against Portugal as well. Yeah, yeah. And twelfth on the list. Who was twelfth on the list list of of best players at WhoScored.com? A Hungarian. Give me your out. guesses, guys. Number twelve in the list. Out of everyone at the European Championship. Every, yeah. like every team. Sorry. Out of all the teams. Out of every so yeah, every team. So looking at the data, uh, Paye, uh Yeah, so I'm trying to get this right in my head. Sorry, guys. So yeah, Guerra was ahead of Iniesta. He was the <laughs> best, and he was just behind Gareth Bale. Um, nice, Gareth Bale had it. <laughs> Quiet tournament then. Just Pai, get to the semi-finals. Yeah, Paye was the leading, 
And uh, number 12 on the list was Tamas Kadar. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right wow. in a 1-3. Jeez. I think he, did he move to Dynamo Kiev after this tournament? Yeah, that's what, you know, when, when you look at, if you were... These championships, what they kind of do for players as well, because when like the unfancied teams do well, you seem to think like a lot of a lot of clubs pick up bargains, don't they? Because they think yeah, oh, didn't really happen with us, did it? He, he had Nodge moved to Bologna, didn't he? But I think he well, he was linked heavily before the tournament, so it wasn't really the tournament that did it. Yeah, um, yeah and that's about it, isn't it? Like Fiola didn't go anywhere. Gushmich didn't get well, I don't think anyone else went anywhere, did they? No, no. <laughs> Christian Nemeth go to Qatar or something. I think he might have already been there. It's strange because you think, wow, look, look at what these guys have done. But yeah, it's, it's, that, it's that buying broken goods thing again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Nemeth was in Qatar by this point. <laughs> God. It, it, it doesn't feel like four years ago, does it? I, I, I feel like it just feels like, like two years ago or something like that. Especially when you kind of look at the players because you feel like, well, I mean, a lot of them are, are still in the team now. <laughs> I think Fiola still would be like long kind of in and out. Guzmich, well, he's been injured and stuff, but he'd probably still be in the squad if, if he, he got a bit of game time and stuff. Uh, Zalai, obviously, Kleinheiser, Nodge, uh, Kadar, Nemeth, probably less so just because he's in America. But yeah, it's, it's a lot of the same team. Kirai and Gear are just the only two, aren't they, really? Yeah. And just to think what that must do for you as a player looking up and seeing that Gear is there around you. Yeah. Yeah. Just give you so much confidence. You know, you can always play it to him and you'll always yeah. keep up with it. Nodge as well was class in this tournament. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they, this is like, this is peak Hungarian football. Yeah. This 2016 team, it just doesn't get any better than that, does it? It really, really doesn't. No, not this, at least since, oh, probably like the 80s, really. Yeah. Look at that from yeah. Gera again. Because they, they, they've really settled now. Yeah, like, absolutely. They're playing some nice football. Yeah. Like, Nodge, client. Look at this. This is lovely. Unlucky. You think, like, I, I spoke about, like, Nodge last week and how and how he's kind of not done it at uh, club level, but you just see him in this kind of game already. Like, how much he's, how settled he is, how calm he is. And he's, he's only been playing for Froddy at this point. Like he's only in his first senior season and he's already like dictating play with both feet. Just... I, I, I think, again, everything, I, mean, I know everything seems to land at his shoulders, but it's that Gera influence, having mm. that at club level and having that at international level as well. Yeah. Just it must in... have been so good for him. Because Fr- Froddy were a weird one back then because they had Thomas Heinal as well. Yeah. Like, they kind of brought loads of those Hungarians back, didn't they? Um, yeah. To, and it was, was just, great. I think he'd just gone, hadn't he? Yeah, Pushkin, yeah. 
yeah. it's kind of like all the um, all the quality players from abroad. They just almost like brought back. I think uh, Adam Pinter was there as well. Yeah, it was trying to go for like the yeah the Hungarian the big name Hungarian players playing for playing for them at club level. But um, yeah, because yeah, that it. Yeah, I think they would have won a couple of leagues, but like they weren't they weren't kind of winning every every year back then. No. Uh, it was still sort of Vidi's dominance, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Roland Varga was there. De Bush. This Bob is Rechich. I think this yeah, is the beginning of the end of Zlatko's day, I think. That injury kind of takes him out later in the in the game, but Yeah, so they I remember Austrians talking about this after the game. Like they said that that was a big blow for them, mm. um, like because apparently he was he was really tipped for good things before this tournament, and I think that was I think he did his Achilles, didn't he? He didn't come back to play in it uh, in the yeah. in the tournament. Um, so I think that was a bit of a blow. But I mean, like it's not like they're dominating us at this point, is it? Like they've had their little spell early on. And we we're actually probably arguably the better team right now, so it's not like it, it was that major of an issue. At yeah, you can see some of the minutes. fouls coming from Austria too. I mean, they're they're getting a little frustrated. Um, there was one on, on Kadar not too long ago that was a little a little rough, but um, yeah, it's it's not like they're having their way, Austria. No, but you see how hard Hungary are working there, like closing the ball down. Like no outball, was there? No, 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 not at all. Like, um, Dragovic took like a bit of a heavy touch there, and like Kleinizer sprinting across to, not even like make a tackle, just just block the, the kind of passing lane, and then it gets passed, and then there's nothing. Like Nemeth's harrowing, uh, herring after it. It's quality. Like, you don't, you don't see that, right? You don't see that with Hungary right now. I know it's a it's a major tournament game, so they're going to be hyped a little, a little different oh, look at that for the meth quality uh, they're going to be hyped a little bit differently but you'd love to see them play with this kind of vigour every week wouldn't you because uh, even like in a qualifying game and, and a, a, t- a limited team if they play with this intensity they're going to be they're going to be good and that's mm-hmm. that's what we were in this tournament we were intense we were tactically disciplined yeah. and, our, and our good players played well I remember getting back to our Airbnb after the after the game later on in that evening, and like catching up on um, on Twitter and all the news and everything like that, and looking at the scenes back in Budapest. Wow, it was just like streets just rammed with people watching the game on big screens and everything like that. It was just incredible how the weight of like the weight of no expectation. It's just like that was on their shoulders. Must have been baffling. Yeah, yeah. It's it was like it just felt felt amazing. Like the, the obviously the moment we qualified and then until this, it just well, it was thirty years in the making, wasn't it? Really, and with a limited team to do it, and for to see someone like Gira there, like get his shot finally, is obviously great mm-hmm. for him as well. And Kirai. <laughs> We spoke. We spoke a little bit on on the uh, on the first pod that Chris had us come back as guests on about obviously with this playoff when it will happen if it happens with Bulgaria. It's pretty much 
same situation all over again, isn't it? Yeah. For us to qualify for for another European Championship. And you think we'll we've got to play with a similar to and like you, you always want to sit down with the boys get them get them to what uh, listen to this podcast and uh, and watch along with us like get this spirit into them and mm-hmm. well, yeah we'll we'll beat Bulgaria for sure if we played with this spirit and yeah absolutely I think what we need, we need a master break again like still come up with and just pick one random player <laughs> yeah yeah and score like an absolute weldy. <laughs> <laughs> They're hungry looking good now, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. Definitely settled and knocking it about now. At it's, it's, this point, I started to think, yeah, do you know what? We're, we're going to be all right. Yeah. It's just yeah, it's just settling down, like keeping the ball a little bit. My Always my fear for Hungary was if we went behind, what what, what do we do then, really? Because yeah. we're, we're one of them teams where we, we can play like quite nicely like we can stay in games we can nick a goal here and there and uh, and we're not like especially back then we weren't like well especially compared to before where we were letting goals in like here and there all the time individual mistakes all the time here we were quite solid we were going through a period where we were quite solid so and we were always staying in games throughout qualification we were always staying in games it's just if we went behind where, where we struggle so I think that the further a game like this goes along, we're always always a team who can nick a goal. Like we've we've got players like Jujak, Kleinheisler, Nemet. They're, they're all goal scorers. Like they're they're always taking shots here and there. And like it might get frustrating, especially Jujak and Kleinheiser do take a lot of shots, but it makes us dangerous. And that's what we always kind of had. Like Nemet's a striker, he's playing on the wing. Jujak's basically a striker playing on the wing. Mm. Kleinheiser is a, a very attacking-minded player. Got Gear obviously. Didn't even mention Gear. A goal scorer, like, scores goals. We have, we, yeah, we're just one of them teams who, we're not, like, massively creative, but we're dangerous, which kind of sounds like, uh, um, sounds like a, a, a not, not a good mix, but it was, it was a true mix. After this, um, after this game with Kleinheisler, the Spanish paper Marca and uh, Gazetta in Italy they said, uh, "Let's remember Kleinheisler's name because we'll definitely be hearing more about him." Um, and the only paper that wasn't positive was Kicker, the German newspaper, that said he hasn't shown anything at Werder so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um. But he, he, like you see him in this game, and you just like no wonder people were going mad about him because he's got like that really low centre of gravity. He's great with both feet. He's tidy on the in possession. He he can shoot. Like you think, what what? Where's this guy come from? Like why is it? I mean, no wonder like Verde like took a chance on him just to just because he. I mean, he's he's very raw. He was very raw back then. But like you, you think coach him a little bit he could be quality he was just as new to us though wasn't he yeah like when he got that call up it weren't like oh yeah I had to think who yeah it was it was like left field it was he always kind of had talent as a youngster but it was like it was like 
Well, he I don't think he was playing at the time at Vidi. I think he was like frozen out. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. But but like I guess it's important to mention that Stork in the summer of 2015 was Hungary under 20 coach, yeah. and he and he would have known Kleinheiser like grow like coming through. Um, Nodge as well. Like one of the reasons why Nodge became such an important part of this side is because of Stork coaching him at the 2015 Under 20 World Cup, where Nodge was just class. So like that is probably shouldn't be underestimated just how important that that was that Stork was our Under 20 coach, and that's basically what Stork was brought in to be our Under 20 coach. And exactly. because he was so successful in that World Cup, that's why he got the job. He wasn't ever brought in to be the the first choice. The, the manager like it wasn't like oh yeah Stork's come in he's going to take the, the the main manager job no 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 I want, all, want that situation at all I must find my tweet because I'm sure they're still on there at the time when I remember when the squad was announced for that Norway game um, I might no not even the squad I think it was the team when the team was announced and, um, and I was I remember going mad because what's he doing picking Kleinheiser when he doesn't even play for Vidi. He doesn't even get any game time. And I just remember absolutely slating him. And then, like, a couple of hours later, he's the, he's the hero, isn't he? It's... Literally, yeah. Crazy. Wow. But, honey, like, when you look at him, first off, you think he's going to feel that, like... Remember what Varga was like at, at Debrecen? Mm, yeah. The pitbull, you know, it kind of... Because he's got that same kind of look and you know squat little figure and that, but he's got he's got much more than Varga had yeah. in his life. Yeah, because Varga was Varga was like I I used to love Varga like especially what he brought in he terms was, of his like intensity and like his hard work and stuff. He was like a Owen Hargreaves without any like ability on the ball. Whereas like you say, yeah, or hair, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like Kleinheisler is is in a similar sort of mould, but like actually has talent. But I don't think I don't think Kleinheisler has, has, has any brain at all. I mean, I hope he's not listening. But um, <laughs> he, he um, he's probably he complaining just... on Twitter that we were called up for the podcast when they were saying. <laughs> 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 I think he he struggled to like acclimatise to Germany. Apparently, I don't I can't remember the reason why, but um, he, he struggled to acclimatise to Germany. And then, no word of a lie, two years later, he went and moved to Kazakhstan. Is it, is it Astana, wasn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. what? Kazakhstan. Yeah. Struggling to live in Germany, well, there's going to be a lot of Hungarian people living there. Well, uh, it's, it's not exactly a massive like cl- uh, cultural change. You're going to live in Kazakhstan. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, just I'm just looking through random stuff on Twitter from the tournament, and um, ten stars who could be on the move after impressing at Euro 2016, uh, and two two from Hungary, Kleinheiser and uh, Adam Nodge, alongside Sigurdsson and Hal Robson Carno. What a tournament he had. Wow. Yeah, Jesus. That quarter final goal against Belgium. And he didn't have a club, did he? No, he wasn't at a club. He was a free agent. Yeah. 
So really, like, we've done really well at probably the worst European Championships ever. I don't want to say yes, but I agree. <laughs> <laughs> it is very true. It's like, like, because it was that first extended tournament, there were a lot of weak sides in there. Like, I mean, you see, like, the two teams that went through our group, like Northern Ireland and Romania. Like, in a normal tournament those two sides probably don't even qualify really and they weren't like it wasn't like Romania had Hadji and Dan Petrescu they had I don't know did they have Mutu? No they wouldn't have even had Mutu would they? They just it was just crap team crap Romanian team and probably there's not going to be anyone offended by that because no one's going to be from Romania listening to this um, You're offended most of that Romanian Twitter anyway through uh... <laughs> No I did um, <laughs> Um, and and yeah, Northern Ireland always a workman like team, aren't they? But like they weren't exactly a great. Kyle Lafferty up top. Yeah, it was. I think you're right in saying that it was probably the worst Euros ever. Maybe. <laughs> Kirai, do you know what? How how much of a legend Kirai? This is his his. The showmanship that he was doing in this this tournament. <laughs> yeah. Every game there was a new gift that came out, wasn't there? That was like, ah, he's pretending to kick the ball away or. <laughs> yeah. uh, what a guy! It was in the Iceland game where he threw it between his legs, like to roll the ball out as well. Exactly. <laughs> it's like he knew it was his last hurrah. And he's just gonna think, yeah. <laughs> I'll just take the mic here and, and then see that's where I was worried looking at that piece of play there Salah's come to the halfway line to collect the ball hold the ball up and our two attacking bits that were behind him managed to get themselves like wrapped up with other players so there was no out mm. and that's yeah. that was that was what was worrying me yeah but that, that's the kind of the, the thing we didn't have much in this side like if we're kind of stuck there's not really many players who can kind of dribble their way out of trouble there's Kleinheiser a little bit but he doesn't do it that often and then there's Jujak he's basically the only person who can kind of run with the ball a little bit and get us out and like if if Solai's coming that deep then yeah we were always going to be in trouble we've got no one really can run in behind to be honest What were your thoughts Chris when you were watching us obviously you saying it was the first time you'd kind of you'd seen us on the big stage and yeah I, I guess I didn't have any preconceived notions I wasn't even sure who was good or who wasn't I was watching it from a completely um neutral uh, honestly even even the big names uh Gera I might have heard of because I think he had played for West Brom um mm-hmm. And uh, but really any of the others, even even Jujak at that point, I hadn't even heard of. Uh, Kirai was somebody that was interesting that I had heard of. So I I came in again like you, expecting them to really struggle. And um, I think at this point of the game, I just I remember right before halftime, I just remember they got a shot. I mean they they, they looked far better than I thought they would. Um, and uh, I think, like Tom said, just the, just the the team working together. There's a there's a few um, parts 
that I was watching, I was just kind of smiling to myself. Some of the back heels and through the legs, and they just seemed a lot more calm here heading into the half. And I thought, boy, this could be this could be interesting at this point. You know, still didn't think they were going to win this game, but boy, they, I I didn't think that they were going to get crushed at this point. Yeah, I think I think you're right in saying like I think a lot of people would have been on in the same boat as you. Like, if if you didn't know the two players who, especially like if you're from England and you're watching this Hungary side, if you didn't remember the two players, like, well, you probably would have known Gira because Gira played in the Premier League for a long time. And you, you might have remembered Kirai just because of his trousers. But like, there's probably not a lot else in that squad who you would have remembered and uh, or, or known about. Like, you might have heard of Jujak if he used to play a lot of FM, like in 2011, because he used to be really good on it. And like he had a spell with PSV and like some football hipsters might have remembered him from that short period of time where he was he was really good. But like he, he went to Russia. So like no one, everyone kind of forgot about him, to be honest. Um, it, like people might know Christian Nemeth, but probably not. Like there's, there's so few players who, who like uh, like a worldwide he would have been on like anyone in the world's conscious, like on in in their in their like in their vision. Like no one really would have known who most of these players were. Like we know them because we see them every week. But like, hey, hey Tom, I wanted to interrupt you there. I feel like that that yellow card that Dragovich gets right there it was really light. I don't know what you guys thought, but I mean, it seemed like it was a dive. Um, what were your thoughts on that? I don't know. I, was... I thought I thought he touched him in his thigh. Do you think so? Think, I think I can remember having to watch it back a bit because it it was he got sent off didn't he in the second half? Yeah, he does. That's but, the, but I, I think I, I felt like the he might have gotten touched, but but just the embellishment afterwards just seemed a little yeah. It just seemed a little much if you ask. Solai was at it quite a bit in this game, wasn't he? Because he'd already been done for diving and then um, sort of did another little fall, enjoying his time. Great header. You know what, I just had to look up as well, Tom. What, what day of the week was this game? Absolutely no idea. No, the same here. But it was a Tuesday. Really? Yeah. So, like, it was a six o'clock kickoff on a Tuesday. Was it so, six o'clock? Six o'clock kickoff yeah. on a Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. And I reckon I must have just been in the boozer before the whole day. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you think, like... If you that would have been five o'clock back in England, so you're just getting home from work. You've got to really love football to sit down and think, I'm going to watch Austria versus Hungary. Yeah, right. Oh, great. Safe. Strong hand. That's the, that's, the, that's the only threat they've had since that opening 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just a big, long ball, isn't it? Like, flick down and then... It's Hungary. Yeah. It? Should have been doing... Yeah, 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 pretty much. That should be Klanheiser essentially from the Zolai. Yeah. Fit down. But I mean, like, it's a good save, but it's kind of a comfortable one. If that goes in, you'd be disappointed with Kirai, really. And a good defender in there. I spoke. <laughs> I'm just looking through my tweets from uh, from just before that Romania game, and I'm, I'm just talking about, like, the Hungarian national team that's been um, picked for the squad against Norway. And I put, where, are you, where are you guys sitting now looking at the stadium here? Where are you sitting? So uh, right behind Kirai. So if you're, if you're looking, I'm, I'm 
to the right that where Austria are attacking. So I'm in that stand with uh, all the Hungarians behind that goal. So because that that stadium was, you could basically walk around it. I went to the other end for the first half and then walked back to the other end for the second half, like people do at non-league games. So I was at like Hungary and for well both times when they were attacking. Don't ask me why, but um, I did, and I don't even know how I got seats in both <laughs> both ends. I might have just been standing in like some like. Well, I don't know any now. I don't think anyone was really properly sitting in their seats, in their no, right seats. They did they? Nah. Do you know what? When I, obviously the seats that you got were potluck. If I had to pick two seats in the stadium, they would have been the ones I got. <laughs> they honestly were just out of this world. But the whole stadium was weird, wasn't it? Like when you walk mm. up to it, it's just a load of poles, wasn't it, around the around yeah. the stadium. It looked brand new, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like a bit, a bit soulless. I think. I, I mean, I bet it is for like league games, like yeah. when Bordeaux play their league games and stuff. There, it's yeah. just a bit like it's nothing not much. really much. It's kind of just a stadium, like and like nothing really else going on. It was like quite I'm hollow, I think. The stadium. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally. And uh, do you know after the game? We, we had a right touch because the queue for the trams was, I've never seen anything like it. We would have been there for hours, but literally got an Uber who just drove through all the security, the police, everything, and come and picked us up from these steps just down from the stadium. <laughs> I remember my Airbnb, I booked it wrong and once. Well, not really looked at my Airbnb properly. I was staying in someone's house, just in a private room. When we got to where we were, we met, met the girl whose place it was, and um, she kind of showed us around, left us some wine and bread, and off you went. And we were trying to figure out how to like get this spare bed up in one of the rooms, and like just completely broke it. <laughs> it was like Alan Partridge and his Corby trousers. We still <laughs> How this, how this bed went back together. We had to kind of like put it put it back and put all this tape around it and just meh. <laughs> hope no one noticed. <laughs> but the day also the day we arrived, there was like um, there was a bus strike. There's always a strike for something in France, isn't there? And yeah. it was like all the local buses and all that were on strike as well. So we just couldn't get anywhere. We literally had to rely the whole trip. Other than the train we got from from Paris to Bordeaux, the whole trip was just like Uber. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at my tweets from that Norway thing, and um, I put I, I said, Kleinheiser and Coco ahead of Kalmar is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and then David, who we spoke about last week, put, which I believe. Um, Maybe sort got Kalmar and Kleinheiser confused. They do look somewhat somewhat similar, and then like a week later, he uh, bangs in the winner in Oslo. My guy. I'm gonna have to search out mine now. See. Yeah, it was strange times as a Hungary fan. That and like the. Like a week later, when he plays Prishkin, like, what are you doing playing Prishkin in this game? <laughs> bangs it, 
bangs a goal in like five minutes or ten minutes into the game or something. Crazy. And oh, just, going back to your point too, I'm, I'm watching. I've been watching this whole thing. Keep an eye on Salai up front, and you know they've gotten some good balls out wide, and he's always just been late, hasn't he? In this first half, never really very dangerous. I think the only danger we've seen so far was the uh, um, was the free kick where he got the, a really poor header. Um, who was it that got the header in there on the free kick after um, Dragovic's uh, yellow think, yellow card? I think it was Salah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there 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 hasn't been a whole lot of danger from 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 the central position, has there? No, that was nice from Alnatovic. Oh, how did he miss that? <laughs> yeah, I think he kicked it onto his own knee, didn't he? Like that, it, yeah. that was kind of Arnautovic at his best, wasn't it? Because he just did that nice little flick and got in behind. And that's where we, we would be struggling because that defence is slow. Our defence is slow. Look, it's just one kind of little pass and then they're in. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, let's see what happens It was here a nice this. ball as well, to be fair, wasn't it? It's just that guy just seemed to get there so slow. Yeah, great touch. I've just been looking at my tweets when I've when I've put Kleinheiser in there and how bizarre. Like the first one of the first ones that comes back was when I tweeted the hungry under twenty one starting lineup versus Austria and it was in <laughs> October two thousand and thirteen. Oh and nice. Joe in goal, Joel Noki, Atikwa, Lang, Baraf, nice. Windecker, Vichai, Holman. Adoran and Rado. That's a pretty strong team, isn't it? Strong, isn't it? Yeah. Thirteen. And then, like, you think like, well, Yova kind of went nowhere, but like Zolnaki was quality. Barat and Long both like first team national team players. Like Vetchai plays out in Switzerland, top tier. Holman played against, played a bit in last qualifying. Adorian kind of drops off the radar and he rado scoring goals in mb1 that's that's pretty impressive how mm. good that team is here we go chance this oh! chance here all started by gareth stepping up like you said last week tom i mean he steps up intercepts that ball and he makes that play doesn't he yeah nice from kleinheiser yeah. as well just yeah, calmness get it yeah play on let it run onto his left foot to play that pass that you was got all really... started off by, by Gera just stepping in and intercepting that pass. But yeah, this that's their best chance, I think, so far. You got one more from Jujak, I think. There. You just hit the target. I mean, yeah, the angle was tight. First, first touch wasn't great, but yeah, big chance. It's, um, it's sad, isn't it, how like these days, we pretty much rely on him for set pieces. Yeah. And we yeah. still, you know, like when players get to get to a certain age and and lose that that amount of pace, when they've still got something that they can do on the ball, they tend to like become like attacking midfielders or central midfield. You know, somewhere like that doesn't require a huge amount of running around, but we still insist on playing him on the wings, don't we? Yeah, no, and he's always had this kind of thing where if he doesn't, like, he just can't be bothered a lot of the time. And when you're 33 and you're not not really running around and you can't be bothered, then you 
yeah, you're nothing basically. Like, and he he did have a I can't remember who who was against, but it was one of the recent ish games where he he was really good. But like, kind of like you say, insisting on him playing every game. I, I think he's past that stage now, and he's been playing in UAE for I don't know four maybe like four years now. He needs. I don't know. I think we just need to move on. To be fair, like it's it's good to have him like as a bench player because he's he's always a threat when he comes on. You know, like, like I say, he's great at set pieces. But I think we need to move past him now. Thirty-three, been playing in like UAE for so long. When he moved to Al Ain, this is crazy actually. Yeah, when he moved to Al Ain, he said, "Oh, I'm moving to a big club. Surely Hungarian fans can understand now that I'm playing for a big club." And everyone's and it was like genuinely being serious. Like, what does this guy think? Like, everyone's an idiot, or does he actually believe like Al Ain are a really big club? Yeah, they are in the AFC, of course. They are in the AFC, but um, I'd like I'd like you to go hungry tomorrow and ask people how many other name name two other clubs that play in the AFC. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) literally. (laughs) <laughs> he's yeah. just he's not you know he's he's got like he's got celebrity status in Hungary he's you know regard take away the football he's got like that celebrity celebrity thing about him like bit of a playboy um crashing Lamborghinis and you know like he's yeah. just like he's did you of, just say crashing Lamborghinis yeah he did this yeah yeah, he's good. He, uh, he also he also broke his broke down in his Ferrari on one of the uh, one of the famous bridges in Hungary as well. Yeah, yeah. He, um, yeah. he's like the Beckham, he's like the ugly Hungarian version of Beckham. Not obviously anywhere near as good. <laughs> well, there's the first forty-five minutes. Um, I mean. Thoughts? I, I think it was fairly even, I guess, towards the end there. It looked like Hungary was starting to come on. But wh- what are your thoughts there? I was unbelievably happy. Just absolutely unbelievable. Like, I think, by, you know, by this stage, you kind of get the occasion and the singing and everything and that kind of like you've soaked all that in and you're just watching a game of football now. And it just sort of dawned on you that we're doing all right here. And like Tom said at the beginning, taking a nil-nil now, absolutely, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You, uh, I think, take yeah, take the nil-nil, get into the Iceland game, try and nick a one-nil win against them. I'd, I'd yeah, I'd have snapped your hand off at, at nil-nil um, at half time and 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 at full time as well. To be fair, I thought I thought we I thought we were, yeah, I was pretty pleased. Probably I would have probably been pretty pleased with. Our overall performance, really, because because yeah, we weathered a little bit of a storm at the start, not a massive storm at all, but um, and grew into the game, and we were kind of at least um, may, may, maybe not as good, but not far off off how good Austria were in that first half. So yeah, I'd have been pretty pleased, I think. No, I mean it wasn't a spectacular half of football, was it? Like I can't imagine the neutrals were. Going, whew, this is no. this is some some performance from Hungary, and it wasn't the like it wasn't yeah it wasn't a neutrals game, but like in terms of what we brought to the table, I'd, yeah, I'd have been pretty pleased. 
Gabby, they're they're um, now attacking your end. I'm guessing you're thinking at this point you would you would give just about anything to see a goal. Yeah, just that's the thing is you know the, we all the, I thought all the goal action was going to be at our end in the first half and and clearly that you know there was nothing but yeah it's kind of you know when they get you get that in a lot of sports they say you can feel the crowd sucking the ball in and it, it, honestly that was. Behind that goal was just a, a cauldron, an absolute cauldron of crazy lunatic Hungarian boys and girls that were just, like I say, many of them. Claudia, one of one of the girls, like I say, that, that I'd got a ticket for that that came by coach. Um, I think it might have been like an 18, 20 hour journey, whatever it was, sitting on a coach, you know, packed coach to come and see this game. And, and as soon as the game's over, you've got to go and do that journey back again. That's people like that. that. These moments are just, you know, you hold that forever, don't you? It's just forever, ever, ever. And it just, I say, every every man, boy, girl, just the unity between everyone. I think, um, I think in this game as well, like, obviously would have taken a nil-nil, but you, you want to be there when when a goal goes in as well, don't you? You, you want to kind of just experience that euphoria. You just like just give us give us one goal. Um, let us go, even if we go one nil up and lose five one. Let us have that moment. Yeah, just just that moment in it. This the, yeah. yeah, the euphoria, the burst. That's um that's what we're kind of craving. Like I, I guess you, you take the nil nil, but you also want that yeah, that just that burst. And thankfully we were able to get it not too far away. So here we are, three minutes in, and Austria is already just buzzing to start. It's great as well, because like on paper, if you look at geographically, obviously Austria are our neighbours, but this has never been like a, a derby game or anything like that. There's never been that feel, has there, between Hungary and Austria, Tom? No, it's quite polite, to be honest. It's quite yeah. like a polite little li- rivalry. I mean, obviously, we used to be the same country, so maybe that like, plays into it. Like, there's kind of a respect there. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's very weird. Um, that, like, I guess it's, yeah, maybe like two cultures who are just kind of respectful of each other, maybe. Um, yeah, you don't really think of it though. Like, I mean, I, I bet like the, um, I guess I don't want to say that like, uneducated or ignorant, but like, or people who just wouldn't realise that these two countries did used to be the same. You, like, they, from afar, you wouldn't really recognise the two being such similar countries. Right. Well, let's not forget the Austro-Hungarian Empire used to rule the world, didn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And then chose the wrong side in the war. Hungary often did Bordeaux what a place couldn't couldn't, um, you know it's got like that it's famous for being like a wine region and all that it's on the Atlantic isn't it and all that kind of it was a weird town I felt it was just we we ended up with like Major Steve and his son. We ended up like having pizza on this roof in the in this um, 
this little restaurant in the town and it just it was like a I don't know their high street felt like a um like any sort of random small high street town you'd get like in the UK yeah it was I remember the center being like very fragmented like there was it was just the kind of didn't feel like there was a center and like all like you say all the streets just feel like really small and like it was I mean I didn't do any research before I went so maybe like I wasn't going to the right places and stuff but it was it's quite like yeah strange place and it was right on the sea though wasn't it yeah exactly that yeah so that's this you know uh Atlantic there isn't it um yeah 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 did, did you go to the fan zone at all I can't remember to be honest I only um, kind of saw it because we dropped the, the the girl that was another girl that was with us from England Lauren um we dropped her to meet her parents back who who were watching the game in the fan zone um it just looked like this sort of dusty open ground with a big screen in it really but I think I did I went to one but I don't know where it was it was it was for a like a random random game that was on that uh, while I was in Bordeaux mm. but it, it's kind of it felt like it was just like in a in a park which was almost like in near the streets it was just like yeah. you almost like stumbled upon it yeah 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 do you know another thing i remember sorry to distract detract from the game when we were coming back you know like security do you remember how how they were saying how um obviously terrorism was was like yeah massive yeah. rife at this time wasn't it and, and yeah because the paris attack was on the night of the norway game yeah the hungary hungary norway game was the night of the paris attack and this like because obviously it was a bomb at the Stade de France that night as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, it's huge. But do you know what? I could have had anything in my bag that, that I could have took into the stadium. They was, they seemed too worried about that girl's lipstick that was with you. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, was, they didn't care. Yeah, yeah. 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 And when, when, we, um, when, we, when we got to, when we got back to Paris, um, we were at the at the train station and, and we were getting something to eat and we got a couple of these rolls and and walked away and was standing out in like a foyer bit eating these rolls and I just said to Neil, shit, I haven't got my bag. Like my you know, like hand luggage bag. <laughs> and um I thought, oh fuck, where's that gone? And walked back to this restaurant where they were literally like they were queuing out the door to buy like rolls and stuff in there and I walked up to the counter and my hand luggage was still at the counter like 50 <laughs> that's how high alert it was <laughs> unattended baggage <laughs> like they would have literally have blown up my salami but yeah I'd have, I'd have been pissed at that but <laughs> just literally walked up and got it and, and just nobody batted an eyelid yeah, everywhere around Paris, you know, like there were soldiers everywhere with machine guns and everything like yeah. that. Yeah, I remember that fan zone actually. That one, I think, it, it, uh, if it was in Bordeaux, that that uh, fan zone, just being yeah, police everywhere. Yeah, like it was, yeah. But yeah, the actual stadiums and that, it was so lapsed. Yeah, I, don't, yeah. I, don't... I remember my ex like being like she, we, I was waiting for her. I think that's why I saw you. Exactly. And, like, that yeah the female like all the men were just breezing through and all the females were being like massively like 
um, stopped and like yeah. like properly frisked. I don't remember. I genuinely don't remember a steward or policeman in the ground. No. Genuinely. I mean, I'm just looking at the. If you look at the crowd as well, you can't see any. Oh. You can see the guys obviously at the front, like stopping people going on, but like. Yeah, just stand. They just weren't anything. Oh, great effort. Mm. Yeah, because even at like Premier League games, you see like loads just everywhere, just dotted about. And obviously, there's no segregation at this game as well, is there? Like, like yeah. I said, I could, I literally could, I I, I was sat like basically near the Austria fans in the first half, mm. um, and I walked all the way around to just sit with the Hungary fans in the second half. <laughs> like, how? Just that's just mad. No, so no security stopping. With European Championships, World Cups, and stuff like that, obviously the allocations that that the club that the countries get are bizarre. Obviously, Austria's is that like little section behind the goal and a few around it. Hungary's is all behind the goal and the section there. But like the rest of it is all people that went into a raffle. Yeah. Ultimately, that that could have been sitting anywhere in the world and got picked these random tickets and 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 away they go. Yeah, it is, it is strange, but like, I guess there's such a demand for it. Like, that's what I was going to do in, in this summer. I, I had tickets for uh, Italy, Denmark, Spain, just going to watch some random, oh, random wow. games. I didn't um, think of any lottery at all, not one. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I, if, if, um, if I'd have got all the tickets I applied for, like the bank manager would have been coming. <laughs> coming for me big time because there must have been like about two and a half thousand euros worth of tickets yeah mine went to about yeah i think just like under two yeah nothing at all not a thing yeah well i got one and like my mates who also applied like all got one each essentially um but yeah basically one game out of like 1900 pounds worth of tickets is what (laughs) i got would have been in denmark but yeah, maybe next year. And it's obviously, just... it's so weird because like I don't even know what to do with that because like if Hungary were going to qualify, and then I'd have ch- had to change my plans. But be- this this qualification, even if it did happen, the qualification thing's so weird where everyone's kind of planning their trips and their tickets and stuff, just like assuming that Hungary aren't getting there. But like Hungary, Hungary's qualifiers would have been in. Uh, March, like three months before the tournament, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it's like at least like it last time it happened in November, we had a bit of time to plan and stuff. I think they know that, like, obviously, most of the, the tickets in Budapest, regardless of who's going to be playing there, will kind of go to the locals anyway, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, I think the majority of, of like where the home stadiums are, which again is like is weird because you know like if you'd have ended up getting a random ticket for this Austria-Hungary game and 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 didn't fancy it, it would literally go back to people who were in the in the raffle when it should have gone into a pot so that like people from the home FA could have got them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The um, I I ended up randomly getting an Austria-Iceland ticket when like in the, when I just randomly applied for all the games at the start where you can just like, yeah. pick whatever I randomly got um, Austria Ison which was in this group so obviously I had to sell that there's Latsko's day and now comes the what 20 22 year old Sabitzer I think yeah. at this point I think he so, started the next one as well 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, this and the combination of the uh, red card coming up in about what less than ten minutes, right? They had a good yeah, nice, nice little break. So, Gabby, you're you're sitting how far? Uh, looking behind the goal here, how far up are you? Right, there? So you've got like ultimately behind the goal. You've got like a couple of tiers. Obviously, you can see to the left there. That's so. But yeah, to the right, there's a, there's a couple of tiers, and I'm right at the front and in the middle of um, of the. In fact, there's, there's like a there's a video ton flag that someone had put right in front of us. Um, so yeah, there's kind of like there are quite a few pictures floating about where you can see like the the, the hungry end and and you can kind of spot where we are, but um, it was just packed. Can't tell you what. And obviously, as as the tournament went on and and the fans were like they got more and more organised. So like the game in Marseille, there was like a march to the stadium. So there was like a point where everyone had to meet up and they were all going to march to the stadium together and. I'd have to send you the videos of it. There was like, <laughs> like 10, 15,000 people all marching to the stadium singing like Hungarian football songs and uh, it's just stuff you never think that you're ever going to see, you know? Mm. That's amazing. It really was. I mean, like I say, it's the highlight of the highlight of um, following, you know, the Hungarian football team through through thick and thin, you know, bar a few like glimpses of, of hope and uh, you know big game wins. This this is this is the pinnacle. This is as as good as it's ever got. Yeah, and within time, two man. years, within two years, they were playing to Andorra. You all remember yeah. that game? Yeah, <laughs> but like, there's only one way once you reach the peak, isn't there? <laughs> I remember the um, the first competitive game after the tournament Hungary ended up drawing to fair ones yeah was that uh, Salah scored in that one did he not sure he definitely did score against fair ones but I'm not sure if it was that game I think I think it might have been like a nil nil it was like a oh, real thud back to reality it's just, these, all these players just seem to have reached like the absolute peak of what they can do at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. This is um, back when Britain was in the EU as well. <laughs> All the way back then. <laughs> I remember because it happened during the tournament, just about three days before uh, England went out to Iceland. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Crazy times, crazy. <laughs> I think it, I think it might have been like, like a day after Hungary played or whatever. Because I remember waking up and one of my Hungarian mates texting me just saying, "See ya." After on the night, like after Hung, uh, Britain had lost, uh, left, and I'd be like, "No, surely not." And yeah, <laughs> Britain are out of the EU. Mad. I remember, I remember going to bed and. Everyone saying it was like it was hinging on the Sunderland vote or something like that. Normally that was like. The, the, the Here we go, nice. Ah, oh, this is. Ah! Oh, wow. 
It's typical Zala as well. Like a sly tackle into the net. There's Gabby right there. Hugging <laughs> Jack. Oh, that's just glorious. Oh my, my heart would not stop beating. Uh, honestly, it was the fastest my heart's ever beaten in my life, other than this one time when I left the Internet Explorer open. <laughs> That torch from Zola and this from Kleinheiser. Just beautiful football. Yeah. And then just a slide <laughs> touch. Just yeah, just make sure, make sure. It's the most you you can. finish you could get, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh... But some players just wouldn't slide though, though, would they? They'd, they'd take that bad touch and then they'd be like, Oh, I'm not gonna get yeah. there, keeper's got it. But it's that kind oh. of will. That was a. How do you like celebrating disbelief's the hardest thing to do, isn't it? It was. Just, yeah. Oh wow! It just. You know, I know, I know the feeling you're talking about. I mean, I wasn't there, obviously. There's. Look at the emotion. I remember when um, and this this goes back a long way. 1994 World Cup, Pontiac, Michigan, um, USA playing against Switzerland and Eric Wanalda hit uh, a free kick over the wall and under the bar right before halftime. And there was 78,000 people in that dome. And I just, I remember just being, it was almost a spiritual thing. I mean, you just get lifted. And like you said, your heart just doesn't, it's beating fast already. And then it just goes, and you're like in another dimension, you know, it was just amazing. So I could imagine. You just lose, lose all sense of reality, don't you? Yeah. You just like, (laughs) your head just blows (laughs) up. Down. You're, just, you're just like wow you just don't come back down from it no the only thing that would have would have brought you back down would have been them equalizing yeah you just at that point you're just like five minutes just hold out five minutes then it gets that five minutes you're like another five minutes <laughs> another five minutes just keep and you're just like you're just looking at that clock all the time they've panicked straight away they're like wow <laughs> this is yeah. Good. Do you think that bringing off um, Janko was um, kind of a knee jerk? I mean, obviously he, he hadn't really produced. He was really the veteran with you know Christian Fuchs. But um, at that point there, do you think that was bringing in someone like Ruben Akotic? Yeah, I guess so. Like, I bet they all started panicking. I bet they're they're all look how frantic they are now. Mm-hmm. Like. Look at look at Alaba like springing after the ball for like getting the crowd going. That look at him, like that's I guess you like to see that, but like it also shows like they're stressed. Absolutely, and it's also you know without him. <laughs> well, back oh shit! So do you know what I can't even remember that happening. He gets sent off as well, doesn't he? Yeah, this is where he gets sent off too. It's like total disbelief. You go from <laughs> thinking that you've got it. Oh my goodness! Thinking that you've got it uh, leveled, and then this. Literally and of course, nice. Arnautovic isn't going to let this thing pass without a, a, a little conversation. But it's like such a needless foul as well. Like it doesn't. Like there's no need for it. I see. Yeah, it's well, a little, little high there, isn't it? It is, but like, 
he, he doesn't make that foul. It's a goal, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I, I think it's a, I think it's under the harsh yellow. I think, like, in the opposition's penalty box, you'd, you'd, you'd be disappointed with it. <laughs> a goal that's allowed for that and sending off. The fans are like, what? They probably didn't even see it. That's what, I mean, like, you know, from the other end of the stadium, you you kind of can't work out. All, all that you're focusing on was that ball going in the back of the net. Yeah. And there weren't any screens there either, was there, to my knowledge? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. I definitely can't remember. Like, I had no idea, like, why that goal would have no, been disallowed. No. Usually at, at games as well, they wouldn't replay that either because these controversial moments, they don't usually replay on the TV screen. Mm. So we'd have just been like, what? <laughs> what? And then you see like Dragovic being sent off. You might think it was like an elbow or something. Like, has he punched someone randomly out of nowhere? Like, what has even gone on there? I bet the Austria fans are going nuts. Yeah. Alaba's stepping up a bit now, isn't he? Yeah. Like, oh. you know, he's, he's the big name there, isn't he? Yeah. And this is just really a, a tough spell for Hungary. I mean, they really did have to come together at this point because that goal should have gone in, like you said, you know, if, if it wasn't for that foul. And they're just taking it to them at this point. Oh, that looked like handball. I thought it, um, it's not handball, but from the other angle, it did look like it. Yeah, and like you say, I mean, if that goal goes in, you, you, as a Hungary fan, we'd have been like, oh, like, we're going to lose this. We're going to be like hanging on for 20 minutes. They've got all the momentum. We're going to be like frantic as hell. It just shows like the small margins in football, doesn't it? Like that Alaba shot in the first half, uh, what, first 20 seconds, that um, goal being disallowed. Like it just, it's such a game of small margins. And that goal there. Yeah. Like just get in there just at the right time. Now with Trishkin coming on, are you, are you thinking, oh, great. <laughs> Not particularly. Yeah. Pushkin, Pushkin, like, to be fair to Pushkin, though, all, like, offside a lot, frustrating as hell a lot, but he is a big game player. Like, it, he, he showed it in, Nor- in that Norway game, but, like, every time that, when he used to play in England, like, when he was playing for, like, Ipswich and Watford, Almost every time that those two teams were on TV, he would score. He scored yeah. a bicycle kick once against um, against Arsenal in the cup. Like, well, he was just against Chelsea as well. He scored a big goal, didn't he? Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was like took it from the halfway line and just yeah. slotted it home. He used to just be like, any big game because he's then that kind of character. Like can't be arsed most of the time, and then. I remember interviewing him when he was playing in Russia, and boy, was that that was one lonely guy then. Let me tell you, when he was out in Russia, I bet he he went on a a run where he scored like he he was scoring unbelievable amount of goals out there, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. There was one season where he, I don't know, he seemed to like score more goals than he played games. Who was he even at? Alania, um, bloody Kavkaz, wasn't it? Wow. He's wow. a beautiful player, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he banged in, like you say, goals and he got a move to Austria, ironically enough, didn't he? Yeah, really <laughs> random. 
He's, he's had a really random career. Just look at the teams like Watford, Preston, Ipswich, QPR, Swansea, Derby. I remember being like I remember him scoring his only goal for Derby. It was on TV. It's on his debut, I think. Alania, Austria, Vienna, Maccabi, Haifa, Jor, Slovan, Bratislava, Frodi, Holly, Jor again. <sighs> what a random career. This is a Hungarian <laughs> career. Really, yeah. <laughs> but then Stebo obviously comes on and the rest is history. What a career that guy's had as well. Yeah. To think when, when he's come on like at this game and um, like 10 years previous, he was like at Yeovil. This, this, uh, that was that bit where I said like Christian Nemeth, one of the few things I remember him doing. That was this, one of the strikes. Good save. Yeah, he, he completely had a random career, hadn't he? Like, like you say, Yeovil, Villa. I don't think he ever played for Villa, though, did he? No, he 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 went. Did he get this over there? Yeah, he went to Yeovil on loan, didn't he? From from Villa, but yeah, yeah. Um, he's another one. More clubs than Jack Nicholas and <laughs> yeah, DC United, Chris, obviously. Yeah, he was playing with Wayne Rooney for a bit, wasn't he? <laughs> random, random. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure at this point. He's just frustrated. Look at him. I mean, he's been yeah. knocked around this whole game, and he's totally off his game. Yeah, he's not frustrated in himself. First, is like not only uh, are you now losing to Hungary, but you haven't you haven't come up big at all. Yeah, he goes down easily there, but I just think at that point he's looking for a call, and, and he feels like he hasn't gotten a whole lot. And it's it to take someone like him just mentally out of this game, I think, was huge also because he just he never really seemed to have it. Yeah, he's one of them combustible characters, isn't he? Because um, mm-hmm. I think it was him and him and Balotelli were at Inter at the same time, and there's a few stories about how disruptive those two were um yeah Arnautovic was part of the Champions League squad when Inter won the Champions League um back in like I don't know 2011 or whenever it was he didn't play a single game in the Champions League that season but he's got a tattoo of the Champions League on his body (laughs) because because he won it apparently but he barely like he didn't play at all (laughs) very arrogant man Good chance by Sabitzer there. It just goes yeah, begging. And living proof, if you didn't need it, that Hungarian girls are the best-looking girls in the world. That is the truth. That is the no truth. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was just looking at that team that um, Prishkin used to play for in Russia. They went bust. Yeah, they, they that was like that was about the time when oh, what was it? Was it Anzi? Yeah, Anzi. Yeah, Roberto Carlos. It was about that kind of time when like yeah. loads of was just going into the game there. Yeah, everyone thought Russian football was gonna just go crazy, didn't they? And then they I think they brought in that uh foreigner rule which basically ended Russian football. Because they had like CSK Moscow were quality back then, like Wagner Love and stuff. Exactly. They've always had like good Brazilian players. I think even to this day, they've. It's strange how you. 
go from like one of the hottest places in the world to one of the coldest places in the world. Yeah. But it's, there's, a, there's a complete production line of players that go to go to uh, Russia from Brazil all the time. Yeah, right? Ukraine as well. Like there's loads yeah. in Ukraine, like Shakhtar and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Bizarre. But yeah, Andy. The, um, yeah, Matt, Matt, I can't even say it. But yeah, what um, what a bizarre world when they obviously people were spending money and and someone signed the book and said go and get Tamas Briskin. He plays a lovely little ball in the second, though, doesn't he, for the for the goal. Just one of them players he never could rely on, Tomasz Pruskin. Just never knew what was going to happen. How many goals did he get for Hungary? 17 and 63. <laughs> and the teams he scored against, Jesus. Why do you think Nikolic never really got his... Cause... Everyone was calling for it, weren't they? Yeah, just, I, I feel I feel that we <clears throat> didn't really suit him. I think he's like a poacher, and we were kind of one of them teams where, like like we see today, like a bit of a counter-attacking team, I guess, one that doesn't really hold the ball that much, doesn't really create that many chances, and like I said earlier, like it doesn't really do much apart from score goals. Like his whole, his <laughs> link-up play and stuff is not great. We didn't. We didn't really have like too much else to offer, especially nah. after this. So like, why not like think about building something around a guy that scores a shit ton of goals? You know? Yeah, yeah. He never. He never really got given a chance, did he? He got. He didn't. No. He. He never like he played a couple, and then like he got taken out of the team. Like he never. He never got like a sustained run of games. Whereas. Like I say, I, I like Zala. I know people don't, but like Zala played every single game. You like without fail, whatever whatever form he was in, like however bad he'd been for Hungary, yeah. he would always get the nod. Whereas Nikolic, Nikolic didn't. Like he, he he must have felt unfairly treated, really. Mm. See, Burde is another strange one as well, isn't it? He's like a lot of the times when they, they could have picked him on form. But yeah. they were old faces as well. Like, because he was always effective when he played for Hungary, wasn't he? I mean, what was that? Get it was when we were playing Pharaohs in this qualify like, to qualify for this, and we were we were doing we were awful, and he came on and just banged yeah. two at Friday Stadium. I remember that it was just it was electric. Just as a second one, it was just absolutely hammered at home. Yes, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people who could have been, like, pissed that they didn't get called up for this. Yeah, but there was... You know, a master strike. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? There was one bigger mission, I remember. I can't remember who it was, though. The, the thing is, we took... I think we took four strikers, didn't we? And they all in that Belgium game when we were um, 
And when we ended up losing 4-0, I think all of them were on the pitch at the same time at the end. <laughs> I think it was like 1-0 with like 10 minutes to go and Stork was just like throwing one on every 10 minutes. Yeah. And by the end, we basically had like Nikolic, Buda, Prishkin all on, all on up top and getting absolutely <laughs> hammered on the break. So guys, with about 12 minutes left here, what are you thinking? I mean, honestly, are you thinking, oh, my gosh, we better hold on to this? Yeah. A draw, a draw would be nice. I was thinking a draw would be nice. Yeah. Just, I I always think that mentality, like, we if we don't concede within the next 10 minutes, that's fine for me. Like, I, I yeah, we'll, we'll concede at 88, but at least we won't lose that way. Like, get as far as we can just, just keep like them five minutes them five minutes that's what I always think Klein Eisler and yeah, the man of the uh, match here I think wasn't he yeah he, he, he got to think as well like he wouldn't have been playing much for Verde Bremen he'd have barely started a game in a long time and he wouldn't have ever played at that kind of pace. Like for him to perform like that is is incredible. Like sure, like it would have been I'd have had a, a, a good training camp and stuff and all that kind of stuff. But like it it's, it's, it doesn't replicate what a match situation is like. And for him to perform like that is outstanding. And same with Nodge as well. Like two. 21, a 21-year-old, 21 a 22-year-old to perform that well in a centre midfield uh, on this kind of stage, you just, it's just class. And I know both kind of stalled since the, this, this tournament, but hats off to him for that. It's just class. MF kind of lucky to only get a yellow card there, I think. Yeah. I was just looking at who was cut from a squad. It was Gershaw, wasn't it? Adam Gershaw. And- that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was pissed off about that, I remember, as well. But like I said on the last part about him, like he was another one of them players where no consistency to him. No. I, and would you really want Gyrcho to come on in this kind of game? Like, you just don't know what you're going to get from him. No, exactly. Whereas, like, Steve had Bundesliga experience... Um, by this point, because he played in, with Mines at Mines a little bit in the in the top tier, he played at Groyter Furt. Um, he's all like good upbringing at Villa. Like he was, he was always tidy. I think Steve probably unfulfilled promise as well. To be fair, mm. but, like he, he's always had quality, and like you can just kind of see him here, nice little touches, keeping the ball well. Really good little tidy player, Steve, actually. He it's is. It's weird that he's at CTE. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that had to be a coup. I mean, when he when he came came in from the MLS, I thought for sure that was a mistake. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. But but as you mentioned before, ZT is a um, really is a, a, a somewhat big club that's coming back to NB1, right? So, I mean, it's I guess it does fit in a way if they stay up. Yeah, 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 yeah. And as, as, and you'd kind of praise him for going there rather than like push cash. I imagine they'd have probably wanted him. But like to be playing with Wayne Rooney to now be playing with Gurgay Bobal. 
it's a, it's a mix-up, isn't it? <laughs> you got to step up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You decide which uh, which one's the better of the two strikers. There's Arnautovich losing his mind right there. He just grabbed Qatar's leg. And... Yeah, he was with Qatar from like the first minute onwards. He was having a beef with him, wasn't he? Yeah, mm-hmm. prick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See now with with that word now I'm gonna have to put uh, a some kind of a warning on this podcast. <laughs> Someone going to report us. That's right. Yeah, we won't use the word Rooney again, I promise. <laughs> I forgot that Steve would have been at Hamburg at this point. Yeah. Part of that Hamburg team that went down. The boys who stopped the clock. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, if I was the owner, I'd have made him come back and everyone that made that clock stop would have to stand and hold a number and train <laughs> annually for every game for the next 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even... Oh, they got... I think they got promoted. Oh, they didn't get promoted, did they? Cause no, they're still, they're still in the second. Yeah, I think they're yeah. like top three or first, second, whatever it might be. But yeah, that's been a... What a fall from grace. Oh, Jesus. I think it was only them and Bayern that had never been relegated, I think, before, yeah. before Steve turned up. And they thought they'd piss it and come straight back. But yeah, I know. Bundesliga yeah. 2 is tough, though, because there's some yeah. big teams. Big, hugely. Even the third division now has got some yeah. absolutely huge teams in it. <laughs> it's very similar to England in terms of culture, isn't it? Like, in, in their second and third divisions, they get huge crowds. Yeah. Yeah. There can't be many division leagues around the world that are like that. No, absolutely not. Hey, Joe, you know I discovered, I'm going way off, off topic, that clubs in Germany have to give 10% of their um, stadium, whatever the stadium holds, to away fans. Really? Yeah, 10%. Like that. That's quite good, isn't it? It's, it is good, and it, it's good and not. I mean, if you think, Dortmund, 82,000. Oh, yeah. And you've got to give, like, Paderborn 8,200 tickets and they take <laughs> yeah. 500. It's just, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? But I suppose it helps the smaller clubs a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because they do... Is it FA Cup where they split the... Yeah, the poker. Half poker, and half. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Austria aren't really... They're not really threatening at all right now, are they? Five it's, minutes to go. Like, they're like, they've not really had a chance since... They've not even changed it to like start pumping long balls up or anything like that, have they? Yeah, you'd think they'd just do that just because they're yeah. not really getting hold of the ball and stuff. You might just yeah, get because a big it, man off the bench and then just go yeah. mad. Anyone that knows Hungary would have would know that if you start push, putting this defence under, under <laughs> it'll crumble. Yeah, literally. It's interesting... Was was Yuhash injured for this game? Because it's weird that he wasn't playing in this one. Um, I can't. He definitely played in the next two. Yeah, I don't, yeah. He must have been. I'm trying to think injury-wise. So, Kleinheisler was out. Was it Portugal he was out for? Yeah, and I think he missed the Belgium game as well. Yeah. Yeah, he must have been injured just before it then. 
Yeah, because it, it, it's a bit weird because surely, what well, with his experience and stuff, you'd want him centre half in this game. You wouldn't choose Adam Long ahead of no. you, I should you know. No, he's one of the. He's just an absolute legend, isn't he? You has to. Yeah, ninety-four caps it was. Wow. Warrior. More time oh, here by Yeah. No, to be fair, this actually, the injury actually did send him out, out of the tournament. I wonder if Uash wasn't injured actually because he so Fiola out, came out of this game and then he didn't play again in the tournament and then Long went to right back in the game against Iceland and Uash went centre off. I don't so think Fiola came just, out of this game, guys. Yeah, I think Pinter came on for him, didn't he? There I we think go. Pinter, Pinter came on for, for Nemeth at the end. Oh! What a finish. Um, what is that called? Class. That is there class is. personified. <laughs> class. <laughs> There's you guys <laughs> celebrating, so he probably isn't injured. But even the cameraman's like buzzing. He's like... That guy. <laughs> <laughs> it is... I remember, I remember this goal so vividly, like, yeah. When he was through on goal, I was just like, come on, come on. And then when he did the chip, time just seemed to just stand still. This ball from Prishkin as well. It's just class. How fast he played that. And then, doom, 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 doom. Oh, Glorious. Be a, bit, be a bit calmer next time. <laughs> he's looking. He knows exactly what he's going to do. I know. He's just on his <laughs> wrong foot. He's not like anyone else is thinking, I've just got to blast this. I know. I remember when that, because it seemed to just last so long. He had so much time. I remember just jumping up and down, like, come on, Absolutely. come on. And then, like, he's so calmly just. And, you, oh. and obviously, being in the stadium, you have no idea where that ball, when that <laughs> ball goes up in the air, you have no idea where that's going. You're like, is that going in? Yeah! <laughs> and so you'd, you'd expect him to score a goal like that for a ZTE every week, right? But yeah. I think he's only scored one. <laughs> that is crazy, isn't it? Burnstalk. You know what? I feel like I feel like we've forgotten about Burnstalk too quickly. Yeah, legend. He is. He's just, you know, what, how much we've got to be thankful for. Why? That is mad that he's taking Nemeth off here because Fiola genuinely was injured. Yeah. Um, he, 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 came he, off and then he he, rapped, he rushed into the uh, the celebration from the sideline. So no, 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 he didn't because if you watch the replay again, he like goes to do it, but then he's like, actually, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna run over there because I'm <laughs> I'm actually injured. But he's come <laughs> back on. Look. Oh yeah, he's on. That's crazy because he genuinely he, I I remember it, he he couldn't play in the rest of the tournament because he got injured in this game. That is just like heart just play, wanting to play the last five minutes. I'm going to keep an eye on him here because I wonder how bad he was. Pinter, I think we just spoke off air like about his his career and now he's playing in MB2 after playing in La Liga against Lionel Messi not that long ago. You know what I remember? By, uh, the amount of messages and emails I had from, and no offence because I've got a lot of Turkish friends on Twitter, but Turkish Twitter is is the maddest maddest place, yeah. and 
I remember getting like, because they were all betting on Austria, obviously hammering Hungary. And oh, the messages that I got, like I was responsible for it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember this, like loads of my schoolmates just texting me like, what? What are Hungary doing here? You know, there was like, there was people in Milan that had um, turned the Italy flag like sideways. So they're like, (laughs) they're all supporting us. I remember a friend like had put his grey tracksuit bottoms on and was sending messages. It was like, wow. So they were all so happy for me. That's class. All so happy. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. That guy's with five five minutes left. Were Were you still thinking? They could lose this. No, I don't, I, I don't think I was at this point. No, uh, no, not at all. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I just I, I know how the Hungarian <laughs> comes in at yeah. point, so I wasn't sure if you were still there. Hungarian pessimism was was um, taken out of the stadium as soon as that ball crossed the line. The gates were opened and out he went. Okay, look how calm he is. It is. His foot curls and everything. It's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> just looks up at the keeper. Like you say, he knows exactly what... Look at everyone in the crowd just like... Yeah. Just transfixed. They're like, oh my <laughs> God, what are you doing? We don't score goals like that. I know. Just unbelievable calmness. I think he's the only player in the Hungary squad who would have been that, that calm. Who would have probably played like scored that kind of goal like I can't think of anyone else who would have been able yeah, to score that. I'd say probably Zoli would have could yeah. have done that yeah, yeah, yeah. But Steve definitely anyone else would have either ran it into the corner or would have blasted it definitely yeah like Jujak would have just smashed it he probably would have scored to be fair to him but like he, he wouldn't have been like that calm to just dink it like that it's just so good like you say, what a man, Bernd Stort. Just coolness personified, isn't he? Mm. There's no, I'm still saying to Steve, uh, so tell me about that. You used to play for Yeovil, did you say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, um, the balls on um, Bernd Stort must have been massive back then because everything that he was doing yeah. was just working. Exactly, exactly. Like, Bring Steber on. Brings net. Brings Prishkin and Steber on. Who both, <laughs> both um, combined for the goal. Plays Zolai at the start of the game, despite him not scoring for eighteen months. <laughs> Everything he does just t- turns to gold. <laughs> what a day! What an absolute shock! What's that assistant manager's name? Called. I can't remember his name. Um, the German lad played in the night Euro ninety. Oh, it's um. Come on. I want to say Muller, but it's not. I don't think. I'm gonna look it up. Um. Was it? No, it wasn't Andreas Muller, was it? Yes, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How did I forget that? He was like. It was just so weird that he was even part of that <laughs> that whole journey. Oh, no. <laughs> it must have been amazing for the players to kind of be beside him and stuff. 
I wonder what, well, obviously, I think Dardai must have played a part in it, but, you know, yeah. that's not, we've, had, we've had a famous German manager in the past as well, haven't we? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, Lothar. He was all right, to be fair. He was, to be fair, but then we got Kuman after as well, didn't we? Yeah, not the good one. Not the good one, that's the thing, <laughs> that was it. exactly that. Oh, look at that, Fred! That's just brilliant. That? Wow, from <laughs> Absolute genius. <laughs> <laughs> is it Prishkin? Yeah. is basically right wing at this point. Yeah, that's sort of, you know. Yeah, played in the corner, right? There we go, lovely. Lovely. Nod's oh, just been tidy. Oh, no. Come to her curse. <laughs> Yeah, I'm out of it. She's fuming in here at this point. <laughs> Excellent. Alaba doesn't seem as energetic either. I mean, it's all over, <laughs> but the crying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a huge shock for them and stuff, isn't it? Coming in, yeah. expecting to is. get through the group at least and losing 2-0 in your first game. There's Andy Mahler. Whew, that was nice. <laughs> fun nice. to relive that one guys was it really was phenomenal yeah absolutely I'd love so to what, go. Are your, what, what are your final thoughts now just watching that again and um, um, just in terms of all the games that we've put up there I mean really it was a special one just because it was our time period a few years ago but what are your thoughts Um, I'll go first. Um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was going to wait for you. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. It's just amazing. Like, I um, yeah, expected maybe like a nil-nil. Uh, well, hoped at like best probably for a nil-nil. Expected worst. Went into that whole kind of tournament just just wanting to experience as being there rather than experience like winning and stuff. And honestly, it made me a little bit, um, for the rest of the group stage, it made me a little bit spoiled because I remember going into that Iceland game and, and during that Iceland game, getting really angry. Like, come on, we're better than this. Because because we were so good in that first game, like, it just, it gave me a, a real belief in in how how well these boys could do. Um, and it must have gave them so much belief as well. Like, and and I feel so amazed in for obviously the country, but also them as individuals because they're obviously scorned upon quite a lot, like written off a lot. Um, they all all have had pretty much same career where they uh, kind of thought about massively as as youngsters, and then they never really kind of make it. And that was kind of like them making it for a lot of those players there, like like your Stebers, your Prishkins, even like Gira, uh, Kirai, Zolai. Like th- that was probably the peak of their career. Like Gira would have had some amazing moments in the Prem. Zolai would have had some amazing moments in the Bundesliga. Kirai, amazing moments in the Bundesliga. Stieber, like amazing moments in Bundesliga and stuff. But 
like that is the peak and like there's not often like international football is the peak for players whereas that was like for that Hungary side almost to a man that that game probably was the peak of their career in terms of joy pure joy and pure they put those players would look back on that game maybe the Norway game where they got to Euro but I think that one I think that one is the game that that they would look back on and tell their grandparents about that that was it like we didn't win another game at Euros but like we were, obviously we got two draws in the next two games but that one to win it on the first game in a major tournament for 30 years it's just special real special and to be there was amazing obviously um, but just to witness it like if you were watching it on TV or at the game, like it, it was, it was incredible to witness. Really was. Gabby, any final words? Sorry, yeah, just uh, you know the, the whole the whole weight of expectation on Hungarian football was just lifted in that in that moment. There, I I was twelve years old when. Um, I remember, obviously, growing up, Hungarian family. The 1986 World Cup was on TV, and you know, watching Hungary with my dad and 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 mum and sister, and at that time thinking, do we do we realise that this is the last time we'll see us play at a major tournament? We just wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have registered. But to qualify for that tournament after say 30 years of a couple of bright spells, but mostly absolutely horrific. It all went in that moment. It's just all gone. We, we, we're expecting to turn up and enjoy the tournament, not get any points, go home. That was nice. Thank you very much. And to win that game and then to, to put three goals past Portugal, who went, up, went on to um, win the tournament like Tom said, players that were just playing at their peak. Gabor Kirai at 40 years old was just, just phenomenal. The confidence that the, that was his stage. That was his moment. And it was, it, it was all our moment as well. Every single fan that's, that's turned up to watch Hungarian football at league level or whatever level to have an interest in it. It was just, that was it. The whole nation was just, just electrified by it. Much like, you know, England was in the last World Cup, it was, there was just such a different feeling around it. And the whole of Hungary just stopped for this tournament. And this, these, these players that were on the pitch just, just lifted, lifted the whole nation. And, you know, whether it'll be another 30 years until we get there again, I'm just so glad that I saw it in my lifetime. It, it, and I, I briefly spoke about like how, um, how the players kind of were brought back to down to earth with in after the fair, um, with the Pharaohs game, um, drawing that in the next competitive game after the tournament. But I'm not surprised that they felt like that because I felt like that as a fan. Like I, I, I found it hard to to watch and get f- as fully invested in wanting Hungary to do like to to what I was like before that tournament and the kind of the desire for us just to get there because it had 
in my lifetime like it never happened um and kind of being involved involved just like watching it since i was i don't know like 10 or whatever when my granddad used to show me games and just being invested in in like the whole journey for so long like that tournament it just it was just a relief to be honest i it was i it was just a happy relief just to be able to witness it and to be and for them to be able to put on a show like that was just amazing so it was not surprising that the players kind of came back down to earth like with such a back to mediocrity which has kind of happened like i've spoken to wales fans i spoke i was speaking to wales fans on that night where um where hungary could have qualified for euro 2020 and and wales did and they were like this 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 just doesn't feel as big anymore like yeah we might qualify for euro 2020 but even for them like that they felt the same as us like their euro 2016 was was their big one and like they found it hard to kind of get fully motivated around like to fully be behind their team with this with as much vigor and desire because because the the wait was just so long it kind it kind of feels that that like the the afterglow of that tournament still continues to this day like it's four years on but like it, it still feels so amazing to me. Like it, it's just yeah, it's just given us like a happy glow and like Hungarian football plunged to depths after like depths not seen maybe ever before um, in Hungarian football after this tournament. We lost to Andorra in the same year as we lost to Liechtenstein and Kazakhstan no other country has ever done that before Andorra hadn't won a game in like 12 years but like you still you still like see that tournament with such you view that tournament as such fondness like nothing can take that away and like yeah just amazing well guys we are going on two hours and 15 minutes wow Um, yeah it's been a uh, exciting ride. This was definitely a fun one to watch. Did get a few time. questions. If you um, oh, do we have to go through? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny, uh, Tom. Every time I'm about to wrap it up, you just you just dart in there with a question. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. If you've got them, go ahead and ask them, and then you can. Okay. So, Paul Trezo said, um, "Friend Paul Trezo, obviously." Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> which players used Euro 2016 to go on to better things and vice versa I know Fiola got injured during the tournament but he has not been the same player since how does Adam Lang still hang around and play abroad and not on the national team Gab um, only we, we spoke about that a bit during the game but the only person I can think relatively is probably Bessé who um it was at MT Car, wasn't he, when when this tournament went on and, and got himself a decent move to to France. Um, everyone else is pretty much back to where you were, wasn't it, really? Yeah, we briefly spoke about that, I guess, in the game in the tournament in the um, in the game, didn't we? I mean, Lodge is a, a, a good club in in the Championship, which is a great league in England, but the expectation that we had of him as a youngster and obviously what we saw of him 
at, at the Euros, no disrespect to Bristol City, but we probably had like higher hopes than him. So this was just a peak, wasn't it? For, like I say, it was just that moment in time where everyone was at their very, very, very best. Um, and all that energy was literally taken out of them in that tournament. And it was, thanks guys, back in your boxes, I think. Yeah, like like you say with Nodge, like he was tipped to go to like Marseille, Benfica, <clears throat> and stuff like that. Um, Leicester, I think, um, before this tournament. So you can't really say he's gone on to better things because he was already tipped to go to like better things anyway. What, what, however, that tournament worked out, and obviously he went to Bologna, didn't he? But like you say, you kind of hope that he would have been a better team by now. Like he's just kind of gone down like someone else Oliver Pifster asked why is Nadia not playing for a great club <laughs> um, like um, I th- I think I kind of covered it about two weeks ago but I think a lot of it's maybe down to mentality and I think he's the kind of player that needs to be in the right system as well like he's not a, he's not like a Joseph Varga who would like run around all day for you and win the ball back all day for you He's a kind of a very tidy footballer, a, a player who needs to kind of play in a passing side or else he, he's kind of irrelevant for you, for your team if you're one of them teams who misses out the midfield or you need a combative centre midfielder. He's, he's not that type of player. He's, he's very kind of specific, isn't he? I think. Uh, Adam Long, though, I... I... I I don't rate him, so I don't think I ever have. So I'm, I'm not too disappointed about him not being near the national team. Um, someone else put Gira fan, good lad. Uh, Listen to your pod for a few years. New to Twitter. Do you think Rossi will stay for World Cup qualifications if he fails to make the Euros? Um. You never know with this with this Hungarian FA because they, they do make some very strange choices at, at strange time. I mean, let's let's face it, Rossi was quite a quite a strange um, quite a strange choice to be fair. I mean, yeah, he knows the league inside out, and that's where the majority of our players um, have come from. But in terms of yeah, he won he won the title with with Honved. I'll never forget that, obviously, but. You know the football before was was horrific. Um, that that you know sort of made us part ways with him in the first place. Um, I I don't see much in terms of like steering the ship. It's it's a sinking one anyway, isn't it? So like, who do you stick with with Rossi just as a um, What's the like a night watchman almost? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Just kind of yeah. seeing through until let's see what the under twenty one managers say and the under seventy. Let's see who's, who we've got coming through. Um, I don't think Euro qualification. I don't think like what would be set out for Rossi would have been to qualify for um, for the Euros. I don't think that would have been because let's face it, we're we're at we're at a point now where it's pretty much going to be impossible not to get to the European Championship the way that the tournament's 
strip him and everything like that. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, it's almost like it's too, not easy, but it's, they're trying to give everyone a chance of being there. Um, yeah. So, I think that's why, to me, it's kind of lost its sparkle a little bit. Yeah. Like, if we qualified for this, like, we, what, we were crapping we had a couple of good games didn't we in qualification but like we lost what four games in the group or something yeah and then what did we where did we finish in the group like fourth in the end and then to get another chance um i mean we didn't qualify through the nations league either so that was another way to get qualifying we kind of qualified for this playoff thing by default essentially like it's <laughs> it doesn't feel very major yeah. tournamenty anymore, does it? No, I know. And then, you know, obviously the World Cup's the the, the the pinnacle of it for us, but I can't see us ever qualifying for one of them in the in the near distant future unless they start doing the same thing that they've done with the Euros. But you know, we've got a tough qualifying group in that. Um, is Rossi the right man? It's a hard one for me because I love that guy. I really, really, really do. But who's going to do a better job than him? That's the question. Who do you bring in? Because you've still got that, you've still got that core player there, haven't you? So uh, if Dardai would come back, that would be that would be probably my choice to to take over the team. Um, he seems to just lift everything. Like there was a real feel good factor around around the squad when he was manager for, for that short space of time. Um, and hopefully we're kind of giving Guerra that experience just to sort of propel him up onto the, uh, you know, to the point where he'll, he'll manage us and hopefully lead us on to bigger and better things. But I don't know. What's your thoughts, Tom, on, on Rossi? I, I really like Rossi as well. I feel... Um, I feel he's really thrown himself, obviously, to Hungarian culture. I think he's really thrown himself into the job. Um, it's not like uh, like Erwin Koeman is very like distant, um, and he's kind of. I think he's done a lot with like ultra groups and stuff as well. Um, obviously, loves the country because he's been here for so long. Even when he went to Dots, he went to the Hungarian team in Slovakia. Um, I really want him to succeed and I feel he's been kind of dealt a bad hand. Like the team at the moment's crap. Like make make no bones about it. Like like that team in the Euros wasn't anything special, but it's, it's a damn sight better than it is at the moment. Um and and I thought like we've he he did he did alright in qualification. Like we lost four games, sure, but um we were decent against Slovakia, beat Wales at home, beat Croatia at home. It's pretty good, isn't it? Um, but I feel that I feel if Dardai wants the job, he'll get the job. And I think if Rossi doesn't qualify for the Euros and Dardai wants it, I think he'll get it. But if Rossi doesn't qualify for the Euros and they sack him and they don't give it Dardai, like I don't. I think that's just the wrong move. But I feel... I, I wonder what the fans kind of think like collectively. I, I imagine there's a lot of people who like Rossi 
Um, obviously, know what he's done at M- in MB1 and stuff. Um, but I imagine there's a there's a significant uh, percentage out there who don't like him because he's only managed an MB1 essentially, and he's Italian. Um, which you can see their point, really. Like maybe maybe with all this money swimming around Hungarian football, they can uh, attract someone bigger, better. But I don't think that is the the solution. That the the team isn't very good, and I think that they there needs to be a manager who understands the Hungarian culture and the players. Because I think if you just chucked, um, I don't know, a random name like Marcelo Lippi, some reason he wants to take the job because he's been offered so much money by Orban. Like, is he really going to take us to the Euros? He's not really, is he? Because he's not going to do any better than Rossi. Like, I really don't think he will. Like, if someone like Baloney got the job, then, yeah, I'd I'd be up for that. If Dardai got the job, yeah, I'd be up for that. But, like, I think Rossi should at least get given another two, at least another two years. And then, if Dardai wants to take over, then, sure, you, you run with it and you do it for the next 15 years because you've seen how how Hertha Berlin have disintegrated since he's left that club. They spent loads of money in um, over the two transfer windows, especially compared to what they were spending under Dardai. And they're hovering just above the relegation zone. They've sacked two managers since he's left. And he only left last summer. It just shows how good a job he was actually doing at that club. He was, they were improving every season and they underestimated how good he was. And, he was obviously amazing for Hungary last time he was in charge. So he'd be an amazing appointment. And if he wants to do it for the next 20 years or what, that would, that would be my only um, fear with Dardai. Like how, how loyal would he be to the job? Like, is, does he literally want to do it forever? Like, is that kind of his path? He seems like he's a very loyal man. Like apparently he turned down Bayern when he was at Hertha as a player. Um, so maybe that's just what he wants to do, which would be amazing. And but think, he's still, yeah, you know, you're right. Like him leaving, you know, when, when he was steering the ship for us, it was only Hertha that came calling that that made him go. If it would have been anyone else, I don't think it it would have happened. No. But that's I, I see why I can 100% see why they went with Rossi because someone at the FA clearly has like some brains and, and looked at what he did turning a, a very poor Honved side into title winners obviously shows that he can do something with, with bad players. Yeah. You know, which, you know, not being, but like we all know the fans, 2016 was amazing. It was the pinnacle and no Hungarian football fan will forget that, but that's in the past now. And it's like, they're kind of very short-sighted in terms of what's the future holding. So we've we've had a one-nil win in our last six games. We've had a one-nil win against Azerbaijan. We've lost the other five. Wow. So that's the only thing people are going to be looking at now. Mm. So Rossi beats Bulgaria. Brilliant. Everyone forgets it. We lose those games to Bulgaria. We've lost then, you know. We've won one game in in seven. Then that's like 
that's poor, isn't it? You know, so yeah, yeah, it is. You know, but say so is that who who do you get next? But we love a left field choice, don't we? I mean, Stork, if, if Burnt Stork <laughs> miracles gets us like gets us out of the group at the European Championships, which is just like you know we've said a million times, it's absolutely incredible. <laughs> Still gets the sack. Yeah. So Rossi's on. Um, I think he's on a bit of borrowed time there, to be honest. As much as like I agree with you, I I, I think he's a great guy, but yeah, I think um, I think he's on borrowed time. I, um, then my only fear for Dardo would be that he hasn't really got the play, yeah. players. Like, I, I'm, my fear is if he um, kind of came in and then didn't perform for like two years, <laughs> would would the MLS sack him as well? Yeah, I know. I, I, if I could, I would love to see him as manager. Don't get me wrong, but that's like that's heart ruling heads because obviously, you know, I, I, I'd want him to be managing a team that like had had real sort of some real talent, real talent coming through. And if it, if I had to pick a job for him, it would be like um, almost like a director of football kind of role where he's he's overseeing all of the squads underneath the national team as well. Um, and, and sort of slowly implementing them, because uh, you know, done it with his son, didn't he? At Hertha, and he's, um, he's yeah. done, oh, you know, as, as a as a young kid as well. So, I think, uh, you know, slowly introducing people. I mean, Rossi's done some like <laughs> really mad call-ups, hasn't he? Like in, in the players that some of the players that he's called up, whether they've had sort of one or one or two um, appearances. But yeah, he's he's picked some. Some funny players, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to see I'd like to see that focus now on the on the youngsters, and let's try and build build something like that and integrate them slowly. Yeah, I think I wonder if thought I would even take that now because he um he's doing like a a coaching a youth coaching job at Hertha, so like I wonder if he can like split his time and and do both. I'd pay him whatever. Whatever yeah. he wanted, to be honest, if I was the Hungarian FA. Exactly. exactly. It's, you know, unfortunately for Rossi, even look at the when we just opened that 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 fantastic new stadium in in Budapest, the new Pushkas Arena, and our party got pissed on, didn't it, by Uruguay? So he's <laughs> not on a great um, not on a great footing. <laughs> yeah, tough, isn't it? Mm, top at the top, as they say. When you you know managing a team with pretty much no expectation, we just want to we just don't want to be rubbish without being rubbish. You know, no offense to Andorra and, and and those guys, but we don't we don't need to be losing to people like that. No, and you see Croatia with similar kind of I think a little bit less um, smaller population than Hungary, and you see them getting to. World Cup finals and Uruguay yeah. with a smaller population than us beating us with players like Cavani, Benton, Gore, Suarez, Stuani, yeah. Godin and stuff. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh man. Well, guys, how are we doing? We have spoken, haven't we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is what happens when, well, when I don't see people for 
week. This can't show up. That's all right. This is what the people are paying the good money for. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is how it goes. But are no, they paying funny. you? Are you, you ask, I, oh, yeah, I, haven't, I, I haven't seen any of his money. I haven't seen one <laughs> damn dime. Um, <laughs> hey, we're getting a hundred votes for the for the game, so I'm guessing a hundred people will start this podcast. And I would say, you know, would be good if sixty of them get to the full three hours. So. I wonder how many of them we'll put off in the first five minutes. <laughs> what did I do wrong? They don't like my voice. They, don't, they think I'm saying class too much. <laughs> the fact that they even know that you're saying class means they're listening. So, you know, just take that as something that's good. podcast with you two, right? Where I, I obviously it's probably not relevant to Ankeman football, but I want, I want to do. Chris explains American things to me, and we can explain English things to Chris. I like that. I I would love that, Chris. You love what now? The American things I want to know about. Um, we can we can start the next podcast with that. You know, questioning. That would be excellent, but that would probably go on for like two days. Well, you'd have to yeah come up with a list and. Um... Do you want me to just answer like cold, or do you, are you going to give me like the questions? So you got to do it cold. You got to, yeah, okay. definitely. Okay. Because yeah. you know, I'll just make a bunch of shit up if I don't know. You know. <laughs> what do you think I've been doing for the last three podcasts? <laughs> is this bit going in, by the way? Are we still? What? No, I think Chris is going to have to do his editing. We'll have to, we'll have to take a deep breath and go. Thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>